BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Big Sales National Football Show. And boy, do we shake it up. How you doing? How you doing, man? Hey, by the way, this just in, please. Everyone, don't watch the Pro Bowl bullshit this weekend. I mean, come on now. Now you're going to play touch football? Okay, why don't you just can that stupid shit? Tyler Hunt. Okay, listen. Huntley from the, Ra- from the Ravens is a Pro Bowler. Big Sill should be a Pro Bowler. <laughs> Look at Hertz Locker. Let's hear the haterade you're drinking today, Dan. No haterade. Big Sill shakes it up, though. How you doing, right? It was already touch. Vlad. Hey, Vlad. One of your better takes this week, my friend. Good afternoon, Tyler. I appreciate all of you guys coming aboard as you do here. And again, it's kind of like the calm before the storm, right? Super Bowl week is next week, man, right? Next week, yeah. Hey, Warren, I heard that about Avante Maddox being in the boot again. Okay, I hey, you know, that's – man, you want to play and get – dude, Super Bowl, man, you're going to go in there and you're going to – hey, if you, if you have to take some toes, let me play. Let me just play. Like Ronnie Lott, take the, take the pinky off, man. Let me get in the NFC championship game. Bill D, how you doing, all you guys? I'll tell you the greatest thing. Can I tell you why my folks here are the greatest sports fans I've I've spoken to probably in the last, maybe ever, but surely in the last, since my Tampa days, since my Tampa days, You guys are the best because you know why? You give me a ton of shit. Some of you, every day. The worst market I ever worked in was San Diego. They're the worst sports fans on the planet. The worst. They think they're the Dodgers rivals. (laughs) I mean, you got to win a championship eventually. I mean, the Dodger rivals are the Giants and the Cardinals and the Phillies. But they think they are. They're like the Arizona Cardinals of baseball. I mean, it's kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, it's. And so get this. So I guess everyone's really happy about Fernando Tatis coming back. So I said, when's syringe night? (laughs) 
and yo, you're a yo, you mean yeah. And I just ignore it because they're the stupidest fans I've ever seen. And then hey, to top it off, my favorite is this one. Some of those people call Big Sills like a racist, but yet they cheer Josh Hader. Ah! <laughs> so like when is Hood Night at Petco Park? When's Hood Night? <laughs> I didn't do that one on Twitter. I let that one alone because I really don't care about those folks. But hey, <laughs> you guys, you guys come back and you know what, man? You guys come back and we have great dialogue that goes back and forth. We really do, man. Really do it. I love it, man. And, and by the way, you don't let Big Sills off the hook ever. Okay? You never let Big Sills off the hook. Hey, watch this. I know, man. <laughs> it's, hey, it was, I, I, I said, so. hey, when you're on the air 35 years, you say something dumb. And I've probably said about 35 dumb things on the air. Well, maybe 350, maybe 35. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's a long story, man. I'm not getting into it. Let's talk more about the road to Super Bowl 57. I'm going to throw this at you guys here before we get started. You think Kurtz has to put these numbers up for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl? Looking for, uh, looking for, we may dislike you, but you're funny and for real. Dude, that's, you are the best person looking for. You're the, that's exactly the kind of person I love here. I love all you guys that do that. You're a true sports, this we have the greatest sports talk people that come to our show every day. You're the greatest. You guys, I mean it. And I'm not blowing sunshine up your rear ends. You're the best people I've talked to sports since I was on KMBR in San Francisco. There is no question. The best fan base. Tampa has a really great fan base. It's more college stuff, though. You guys don't give a shit about college. But KMBR in Tampa, the best places I ever, ever worked. Just so happens I killed it there, too. Okay? You guys are great. Well, it's California. What do you think? Okay? But, but something about San Francisco. And by the way, I got under their skin, too. And Gary Radnich, who used to be like this legendary broadcaster up there, goes, Sills, you were way before your time. You were just, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it at KMBR. I took over for Scott Farrell um, for Sports 168. You should have heard my ass. Then I did a show called Ebony and Ivory with the only partner I ever liked. His name was Rod Brooks. He's still there, I think. And we did some of the raciest shit you've ever seen. Crazy. Crazy, man. Warren, big kudos to you being here. Man of the people. I like it. All right. Do you guys think that for Super Bowl 57 and the Eagles to win this football game, you think Jalen has to put up these type of numbers? 250 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, around there. And hold Mahomes, I would say, to 325 yards passing. Okay? You, you think that's kind of where this game's got to be? In two Sundays, still stop being so damn sappy. We like you. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I, I don't need a hug. I'm good. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, for a blowout, Peter says. Peter, hey, between us, dude. Peter, between me and you, 31-17. Someone's going to have to convince me otherwise. You're going to have to convince me otherwise. That this thing ain't 31-17, man. I mean it, right? For a dominating win, if Jalen Hurts goes for 250 and 100 yards, again, right around in there, right? Okay? Right around in there. This game's a blowout. This game's a blowout, dude. I don't see it, right? Um, right? Am I wrong? I mean, look, Kansas City. I'm going to get to Kansas City here in a minute, but... If Jalen Jalen puts those kind of numbers, if he, and by the way, Jalen goes for 250 and 100 yards rushing, he's going to be the MVP. He's going to win the MVP. Okay? He's going to win the most valuable player. Can you imagine that? Holy cow. Jalen Hurts would cap off the most important valuable award you can win, the Super Bowl MVP. Dude, you can keep all the regular season Aaron Rodgers MVP awards you want. Man, when you win a Super Bowl MVP, you're a god. And quite frankly, that would solidify Jalen Hurts as the greatest quarterback in the history of Eagle football. And then he's got a whole career ahead of him. Jalen Hurts would have been the only quarterback from start to finish to deliver Philadelphia Super Bowl. That's quite a that's quite a resume builder. Again, <laughs> I'm just giving you the story and how this thing could play out here. Yeah, hey, all the shit I said, hold it against me. If this guy does that, Sills, I mean, we we're gonna have to have a conversation. That's Super Bowl Monday about all the things that I said and all the things potentially that Jalen Hurts checked off. He would have done it. Dude, he's on, he's 95% through the game right now. When it comes to him being in Philly for the next, let's just say this, five years in the NFL is, it's an eternity five years, right? It's like, remember this, when you're talking three to five years in the NFL, those are like dog years. But if he puts those kind of numbers up, man. All right, I want to ask you something here. And before I get into the topic, this one kind of leads into the big topic. Is Nick Sirianni overrated? You think Sirianni's overrated as a head coach? What's Sirianni's identity as a coach? Well, look, Andy Reid, play caller. I don't think Andy Reid's very good at personnel. I don't. Since John Dorsey has left Kansas City, you think they're adding talent? I think they did pretty well in the draft this year. There's a lot of rookies that are starting on that team. But I, I, I wouldn't look at Andy as being some sort of talent identifier I don't I, I I don't give me what 
let's let's before we get to the main topic how do you look at Sirianni honestly as a coach okay GQ goes yep coach of the year happy Friday to you Jess absolutely not he's young and innovative how how's he innovative what's he done that makes it so I'm not saying you're wrong TD goes my boy Tone, Sirianni's main skill right now is people management. All that people and personalities on the team got to be special. Gee, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, a, a Tone, I'm gonna take a name and put it in place of Sirianni's. Ready? Phil Jackson's main skill right now is people management. All that talent and personalities on one team, you got to be special. Tone, does that fit? If I were to put a guy, because nobody would nobody would consider Phil some sort of basketball guru, right? Nobody is going to sit there and go, hey, Phil really knows how to draw up a play. I mean, nobody's going to say Phil Jackson has the basketball IQ of Larry Brown, right? No one's going to say that. But there is a skill set to that, isn't there? Of being able to handle personalities, being able to manage. Agree, Jimmy Johnson was a great people manager as well. Jimmy's on another level. I, I, I get that. Okay? Like you said, coaches are all different in how they get their team to the finish line. The giant DB talking about Sirianni and doubling down on it, saying he's just going for a ride. Okay? There's some truth to it. But didn't Belichick go for a ride in New England with Tom Brady? He did draft him. He did early on develop him. Belichick's got to get credit for that too, right? Remember, there were two parts of Tom Brady's career. The Adam Vinatieri part, and then when Brady carried the franchise. Instead of kicking field goals, they were scoring touchdowns, right? Belichick's got to get credit for finding Brady, even though he passed on him, what, five times? So just because you're not Shane Steichen in the play caller, he still oversees it. So are we how but 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 how much control of the team does Nick Sirianni have? Jackson says, if Hurts wins a Super Bowl MVP, do you think more teams will try to co- – I do. I do. I, it's a copycat league. Jackson, I think you're going to see Shane Steichen. In my opinion, if Jalen Hurts wins the MVP award – you guys ready? If Jalen Hurts wins the MVP and the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I don't think Shane Steichen leaves Arizona. I think Shane Steichen is the lead candidate – to be the head football coach in Arizona. On this day right now, I, I, I think there's no coincidence that they haven't named a coach and they really haven't been interviewing too many people. I think it's Steichen. And when Steichen gets out there with the Eagles, I think they're going to meet with him. How he's a main factor. I'm going to get to the main topic here. 
Okay? Sirianni, able to bend and adapt, not bullheaded. Yes. I think there's only one coach that could coach Kyler Murray. A coach who's coached Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't be shocked if Shane Steichen asked Jalen Hurts already, hey, listen, I'm doing a couple interviews for the Cardinals. What's Kyler Murray like? In case I get the job. I guarantee, what, you don't think in a meeting, sitting around, having a sandwich in between, watching game film, those two guys haven't had a conversation like that? Hey, I hear you're interviewing for the Cardinal job. If you happen to ever get that, I really love Kyler Murray. He's one of my dogs from Oklahoma. You don't think that's happened? That always happens with players. Being a good or great coach is more to it than just play calling sales. I completely agree. Here, I'll give you a great one here. Jimmy Johnson never called plays. I don't ever remember Coach Johnson calling plays. Okay? Seals, would you hire? Seals, who would you hire as OC? If Shane gets that job, I might just let... I just might let the quarterback coach become the offensive coordinator. Jalen's got a great relationship with him. I might just elevate Brian Johnson to the offensive coordinator position. Why wouldn't I? I want to hire from within. I don't like going outside the building. Okay, to me, I would hire Brian Johnson. And I would elevate him as the play caller. Why change anything? Why bring somebody else and have a thumbprint in there that could actually go sideways? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I always thought there was a dynamic that missed once Vermeil retired with the Rams. And they named Mike March the head coach. March had more responsibility. And I always thought that thing kind of took a step back because I always thought March was a better offensive coordinator than the head coach. And that Dick was able to really kind of move all the pieces around with the Rams, and he knew how to manage Mike. Vermeil was a better coach than March in St. Louis. And I thought when Mike March got that job, they lost something in translation. You know, I, I think it just was different because – Dick was always in the room to calm the waters. If, say, um, Kurt Warner didn't like something. You know what I'm saying? So certain coordinators are different. Hey, I think Carson Wentz lost a lot in translation when Frank Reich left the building. Another strength of Sirianni has no ego at all. He has no ego? Wait a minute, Tone. Have you not seen that guy running around doing the wave? Screaming at Colts fans, telling everybody I know what the f I'm doing. Hang on, what do you what do you mean, Tony? He's got no ego. <laughs> yeah, giving up the play calling when they were two and five. That's a great point. You're right, but I wonder if that was more Howie. Okay, I wonder if that was more Howie and everybody in the organization going, let's turn it over to Shane here. No ego. The whole family's got ego. Oh, Taylor Sirianni's my favorite Sirianni. Oh, Seals, any chance the Philly special in Super Bowl 57? I do think there is, especially if they're winning big. Can you imagine seeing that thing? All right, maybe a bit of an ego. (laughs) That's my boy Tone. Please hit the like button. All right, here's the main topic. 
If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, will it be because of the roster or the quarterback? It's a tough question. If they win that Super Bowl, will it be because of the roster? No, no, no. You can't have both. You got to pick one. You got to pick. No, 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 no. Holy cow. I'm, I'm very disappointed. You know better than the fence straddle. There's no fence straddling in this. You know with big seals, there's no fence straddling. Come on, guys. No fence straddling. Will it be the quarterback or the roster that wins this Super Bowl 57? Michael says the most important thing, because the quarterback's on a rookie deal making $1.3 million. Oh, and D-line? I'm assuming you're saying roster. It's going to be the defense. Well, that's roster again. Niners, that's roster. Defense wins championships. That's roster. Team, that's roster. Got to give it to the roster. Throw Hurts on the Texans. <laughs> Throw Hurts on the Texans. They're still the Texans. My pride says Jalen Hurts. My brain says roster. <laughs> oh, that's okay, Tone. It's pretty standard, man, when it comes to Philly fans. You guys are all like that. Hey, I see the internet's coming in and out a little bit here. Hopefully it comes back here. So please bar with me and bear with me here a little bit. Ask Minshew. How about this here? Look, 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 look. Let me, let, let, let's take a look at that first. And again, I apologize about the, um, the internet here. Hopefully it comes back. Um, I think it's roster too. Okay, I do. I think it's the roster too. Um, I think this is one of the best constructed rosters that I've seen go into a Super Bowl in such a long time. This is as good a roster as you possibly can get. The things that they have been able to do, I mean, Howie Roseman actually is the MVP. Okay, he has built a great roster. Now, and, and, and on the path to the Super Bowl, you've had exceptional performances by each and every single one of these guys. Hassan Reddick has been a star. Bradbury has been a star. Again, guys, I understand the um, internet. Hopefully we get a chance to have it come back here a little bit. We're going through a little time here, so hopefully it comes in there. Thank you for your patience. Um, this is why I think you guys beat the Chiefs. I think you guys beat the Chiefs because the roster, in my opinion, I don't think the roster is near you guys. And I'm going to make a point to you here, okay? Let me make the point to you here on the roster. The top 10 players, okay? The top 10 players that are going to be in Super Bowl 57. And I ranked all 10. I ranked all 10 here. Okay? 
Bear with me, guys. With the internet, thank you. I'm going to go from 10 to 1. Okay? Number 10, Dallas Goddard. Got to put him on the... Is he not one of the top 10 players? That is in Super Bowl 57? Number nine, watch this. Bradbury. Number eight. CJ. Number seven. Hassan Reddick. So far, I've named all Eagles. Number six, A.J. Brown. Number five, Jason Kelsey. So, so from 10 to five, I've already, and I'm naming the top 10 players. The top 10 players in the Super Bowl. Shit, I get to four here, and I finally get to a chief. Chris Jones. Number three, Lane Johnson. Number two, Travis Kelsey. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I I probably, I probably should should push out. Would you? Hey, on ten. Would you put Jalen Hurts down there instead of Goddard? Or would you put Goddard nine? Would you put Goddard nine? And and Hurts ten. Or vice versa. Hertz is not better than Mahomes. Hey, can I ask that? Nobody in here thinks that. Hertz is not the number one player. So here's how I ranked them. Mahomes, one. Travis Kelsey, two. Lane Johnson, three. Chris Jones, four. Jason Kelsey, five. A.J. Brown, six. Hassan Reddick, seven. I apologize for the internet, guys. C.J., eight. Bradbury, nine. And Goddard ten. I feel I, I I feel that I should put Hertz somewhere in there though. Okay, I feel I should put Hertz in there. Dude, Hassan Reddick is not better than Travis Kelsey. And Hassan Reddick is not better than AJ Brown. Hassan Reddick is not better than Jason Kelsey. He's not better than Chris Jones. 
and he's not better than Lane Johnson. It's a very talented group of guys that are in here. Okay? I mean, but these are, but look at how, my point is, look at how many Eagles are on this top 10 list. And this is why I say, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's roster driven. Okay? Watch. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the 10 players that I named, or you and I could move the order around. 70%, I think this is a microcosm of both rosters. 70% of the rosters between the Chiefs and the Eagles, the Eagles have the better roster. Where in the world would you think that if this team wins the Super Bowl, it's because of that roster that Howie Roseman has put together. Right? You could, you could probably... I mean, look at this. Of the top four players, the Chiefs have three of them. Okay? After that, they have nothing. The Pacheco guy is not in Miles Sanders' league. Wide receiving court, not even close or remotely close. Not even remotely close. Shit, Hardgrave, that's right. You could put Hardgrave in here. Hardgrave is going to be one of the top free agents in the open market if he ever gets there. I don't believe he's getting there. I, I just don't. Look at that. You guys own 70% of the talent that's at the Super Bowl. Show me again where the Eagles are vulnerable to this. I mean, like I said, man, I think Andy Reid is going to have to coach the greatest game of his life to beat this team. I don't know how they do it. I know, man. I know. I mean, this is crazy, but I don't know how they do it. I have no idea how they're going to do this. I mean, look, I've told you before that I, I, I'm i even a guy that likes Dallas Goddard more than I like Travis Kelsey because I think Travis Kelsey's one-dimensional. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I look at it and I go, well, I, you know, to me, I still look at the scenario where the talent is all on the Eagles side. Coaching, okay. I'm talking about the players on the field, though. I, I get Andy Reid and Mahomes are the only thing I think that keeps them in the thing. I think it's the only thing that keeps them in. I think they're the huge. I think they're a huge underdog. I don't know why. People are having this game, like, what is it, two and a half? Man, I don't see it. Okay? I, I just, I don't see it. Okay? I just, I just do not see it. I don't, I don't see clear advantages. Like, I think, personally, okay? Personally, I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to play a perfect game. He's going to have to play a perfect game to beat them. Mahomes is the reason why they have it. They have it close. No other, no other reason. And I think also too, Tone Andy Reid. 
I think Andy Reid being in that conversation too. Boy says it's 34-13, man. I'm, I'm something down there, 31-17 as well. Joseph, the reality is Kansas City has a Hall of Fame coach and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. No, the best quarterback in the league, Joseph. And I does keep him in it. But when that, when you're, see, this is to me why, look at this. And guys, this is going to be something that the Eagles are going to have to deal with themselves eventually. Don't you see? You had the clear advantage over them. But when you start paying Jalen the money, you're not going to have the advantage. How about this? I'm going to make a point to you guys on something here. If you were paying Jalen Hurts $50 million and you were paying Patrick Mahomes $50 million, okay, the Chiefs would blow you out. They would blow you out. That's why the conversation goes back again in this offseason, how they're going to keep this thing as close to what it is right now. He's the lesser of the two quarterbacks. We know this. Nobody is sitting here saying that Mahomes is better than him. Nobody. Nobody's saying that. And the advantage that the Eagles are going to have for the next couple years is clearly the fact that the NFC is not where it was a couple of years ago. It's just not. Your list is based on career body of work, right? If it's based on this season, the list is flawed. Okay. Mahomes had an amazing season. Best quarterback in the NFL. Travis Kelsey had an amazing career year um, for tight ends. Lane Johnson was the number one right tackle in the league. Chris Jones is the number one interior defensive tackle with 15 sacks. Jason Kelsey was the all-pro center. A.J. Brown had a career year. Hassan Reddick had a career year pass rushing. Gardner Johnson led the NFL in interceptions. Bradbury's going to be one of the biggest free agents in the open market, and Goddard's one of the top tight ends. What's flawed? What's flawed on that list? Trust me when you say when you when you look at Jalen's when you look at Jalen's seasonal numbers, they're not that hot compared to the other signal callers in the league. Thirty-seven hundred yards. Okay, in today's NFL, that's not big. 700 rushing. I get all that. 13. I'm not, I'm not debating that. But, dude, these guys are the elite players in the game. Lane Johnson is not better than Trent Williams. Stop doing that. Salaries prove it. He makes 27 million. Your boy makes 14. Right tackles versus left tackles. I don't care how people want to define that. Your best tackle is the left tackle. NFL history. But watch this. Two Hall of Famers. Two Hall of Famers. And do I, hey, you want to hear something to, on the side of Lane? If they move Lane to left tackle, he could do it. He could do it. 
but it's a run team. So they put their best tackle at the right position. Protecting the quarterback's blind side has always been and will always be why those guys make more money. It's why they make more money. See, look at this. William goes, well, Trent gives up two sacks this year. Of course he did. Takes on better pass rushers than what Lane does. He does. You don't, you don't line your best pass rusher up over Lane Johnson. You line your best pass rusher up over your left tackle because that's the blind side of the court. Come on, man. You're not going to have to have me to give you a school lesson here on, on when, it, when, it, when an offensive lineman fails at left tackle, you know what they do? They turn him into a right guard. And by the way, Trent Williams is an 11-time Pro Bowler. I think Lane's won four or been to four of them. Come on, man. This guy's like a 10 or 11-time Pro Bowler. I mean. <laughs> Lane could, I think, hey, I William, I think Lane could play both too. I do. Lane, I think he could play both. Dude, listen, Lane's a Hall of Famer. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not, I don't, I, please, I want to make sure I don't go too far over there because, dude, it's like this. Watch this, these two guys. It's right here. You know, I, I do believe, I think Lane could play any position. You want to hear something crazy? I think Lane Johnson could play defensive tackle. That's how good an athlete I think he is. And I'll even make this concession with you. I think Lane's a better athlete than Trent. I think he's a better athlete. You said Jalen Hurts was the engine on this team. This team was the best team in the league this year. Jalen Hurts not on the list. Bob, I agree, Bob. I mean, but Jalen Hurts is not the top three players at his position. Goddard is. Bradbury, you could consider him a top five. CJ led the NFL in interceptions. Hassan Reddick was right there in the top three when it came to pass rushing this year. A.J. Brown, huge numbers, career year. Kelsey, all pro. Jalen's not in the top three or five in the NFL in quarterbacks. These guys are. Chris, John, Chris Jones, Lane, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes. Jalen's not. Jalen Hurts is not a top five quarterback. We'll find that out. This is why I say this to you, okay? Dofi, thank you. If you pay Jalen, watch this. If both guys were making the same money, Eagles get blown out. Eagles get blown out. You can't keep pace. You couldn't keep pace with the Chiefs because they'll just outscore you. The Eagles' day's coming. Just like the Cowboys. Watch this with the Cowboys. Watch this. When the Cowboys started paying Dak Prescott, it's been a downward spiral. And they've been winning games, 12 games, 11 games, get to the playoffs, play against good defenses, and get bounced. And get bounced. 
because they don't have the personnel to hang or get in a shootout. They can't get in a shootout with teams. This team is a roster team. It's not a quarterback-driven team. This is driven by the roster. There's no flaws in the roster. Here, covering tight ends, here are the weaknesses of the Eagles, in my opinion. Okay? Here are the weaknesses. Depth at tight end. Depth at tight end. Linebackers struggle to cover tight ends. Tackling. Pro Football Focus ranks them the 30th worst tackling team in the league. Special teams are atrocious. That's a coaching thing too, by the way. Dude, now watch this. Why do the Eagles get so much hate? Is it because of the coach? No. 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 Dofi, it's not hate. It's not thinking you're relevant. That's what aggravates Eagle fans. It's respect. It's not a hate. Because when they're talking about, look at the AFC championship game. Look what the league did. I told you this. I don't care what the broadcasters were not sexy. I actually like what you do because you know what it is? You guys are like Mike Tyson. You guys go into a, a game and you want to knock somebody out. I actually like that kind of football. I don't like Kansas City. I, I don't think I told you that. I don't like Kansas City. I don't like finesse teams. I think Cincinnati had a better chance of playing against you guys and beating you. Was because, you know why? wasn't just because of Mahomes. I thought their defense was better. I don't like finesse teams. Andy Reid's a finesse quarterback. He's a finesse guy. I think he doesn't, I don't think he's a power guy. I don't think he's ever been a power guy. And I think that's always cost him. He doesn't have an identity of wanting to knock the shit out of you and run you over. You know, as good as he was in, watch this, as good as he was in Philadelphia, I always thought that team lacked a little bit because the Bucs out-toughed them. Carolina out-toughed them. You know, the year that Carolina beat them was an absolute joke on Andy Reid. Has to be Andy Reid's biggest failure was the fact that he let that Carolina team with no wide receivers or nothing on that team except Cam beat him that year. Okay? Okay, I mean, I think Andy's too finesse. I don't like finesse teams. I think they get their ass kicked against teams like San Francisco and Philadelphia. Finesse teams never win. That's how the Bucs beat them. You know how the Bucs beat Mahomes? They pressured him. They put Mahomes on his back. Shit, San Francisco had that Chiefs team. They had that Chiefs team beat until Garoppolo threw that magnet. And it was an interception. And Mahomes played well in the fourth quarter. He hasn't played well in Super Bowls. Okay? Oh, was the so you lose to Jake DeLome? Shit, man. 
You lose to Jake DeLome. That's right. It wasn't Cam. It was Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome beat Andy Reid. Okay. <laughs> With no wideouts. Oh, well, Steve Smith. Okay. Dude, you lose to that Ron Rivera Carolina team. Jake DeLome. I forgot about that worldly guy. Andy will choke. Dude, Andy Reid is a finesse coach. It's, again, one of the reasons I don't like Kansas City in this game. They try to, they try to dink and dunk. They go to Kelsey. They're not trying to establish the run. Okay? They're not trying to do any of that. See, to me, with a, with, a, with a quarterback like Brady, Brady has to have play action to be a success. Apologize about the, um, the internet again. We've had some issues today here a little bit. We appreciate your patience. But with, look what happened to Brady this year. They had no running attack. They couldn't get play action going, and Brady had his worst year. May have even forced him into retirement. John Fox, you're right. You're right. I got the two teams mixed up, the one that went with Cam. You're right. You're right. That's right. It was, it was, it was Coach Fox. Where's he now? Where the heck is he now? Chicago somewhere? I forget where he is. I hate the fact Sills is all on us now. Sway, wait a minute. You hate what fact? That I picked you since May 10th? To get to the Super Bowl? Look at Sway. He's all honest now. I picked you to go to the Super Bowl since May 10th. Where nobody in your city was even remotely talking about you going to the Super Bowl. Me. May 10th. May 10th. Don't get upset with me because I cover your team hard. I cover your team fair. Okay? Fair. See, Andy is that West Coast guy. I don't think you establish shit like that when you're when you're a finesse team like that. I just don't. Sean talks still talks shit, but he did pick us. I picked you to lose the thing, though. This is why I'm here, Sills, for the hate. <laughs> uh, I can't. Figueroa, what do you think about the Julian Love comment on Nick Sirianni, how anyone can coach the team? You know, it's funny when I hear when I see comments like that and guys make those comments. Didn't Jerry Jones make that same comment before about anybody can coach the Cowboys? And Jerry Jones is still trying to replace Jimmy Johnson. Always remember that, Figaro. Remember at that owner's meeting after they won a Super Bowl? What did uh, Jerry Jones say? Shit, anyone could coach this team. Look at all the talent that Jimmy had put on that team. Switzer comes in, takes Jimmy's team. They win a Super Bowl, and they've never been back to an NFC title game. Right? 
It's one thing to have a lot of talent on your team. It's another thing to put all the pieces in the right place. And a prime example of that is Hassan Redick. Love you too, Sway. That's why we're boys. Dude, this is us sitting around having beers, talking shit, friends, and meeting every day. That's why I have a bar here. This is a bar. By the way, check it out. See that? What do you think there? We talk at my bar. I need, what do you think? I made this for you guys? This is the Big Sills bar. See, Michelob. I don't drink Michelob. Big Sills is more of a Corona guy. I've been giving up on him as of late. I talk to you guys from a bar every day. This is like cheers. My daughter's rugby hat. That's it, right? This is, this is a tap. I'm talking to you from my bar. Not kidding you. This is a bar. <laughs> watch my, watch everything over here. That's right, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, we're all going to do shots maybe that Monday. Would you guys want to do shots with me on Monday? If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, let's do shots. Are you ready? We're going to do a shot on Monday. Super Bowl Monday. If they win, let's all do shots. Are we good? Big Sills is going to make a proclamation. We win the we. You guys win the Super Bowl. We're going to do shots. And I'm going to salute. I'll do this. If Jalen's the MVP, I'll do a shot to him. Shots and cigars? I got the cigars, too. Where did I got the cigars? I got the cigars. I got the cigars, too. Fair enough. We'll do shots of cigars. Are we all in? You guys going to do them with me? And by the way, I'm going to make you guys, like, tweet at my Twitter page, your shot glass and your, your cigar. Shots and cigar. Take, take a shot for dual threat. Oh, that's going to kill me if I do that. I'm going to take a shot with, um, with this. Here, let me show it to you. No, not that. This one. I'll take a shot with this. Uh, somebody made that for big sales. My NFL alumni card, I done. I won this. Believe it or not, Big Sills is a good golfer. See this? I'll clean this bad puppy up. I was at the World Series of Golf. What year was this? 2006. I finished third. Down on the Grand National in Palm Spring, uh, Palm Beach. Big Sills finished third. I shot a one under 70. I think a one under 71. Look at that. Finished third. Big Seals can hit it. Somebody made this for me. <laughs> I, I would have worn it back in the day. My, my, my daughter goes like this. Seals, you wear that stuff. You look like a gangster. I'm like, well, they call me a gangster anyway, so what the hell? <laughs> Bourbon and cigars. So we got a date. 
Right? We got a date. We got a date. All right. Guys, we're also going to look at draft picks. Guys that are going to be around number 10. We're going to do this at the top of the hour. Guys are going to be around 10 and number 32. Jeremiah Sills. This definitely a bar. You turn me into an alcoholic watching the show every day because I don't miss it. Thank you very much. Thank you. I say I don't let Kelsey off the line without double coverage all game. Big Sills, if Eagles win, you have to do a shot for every 50 passing yards thrown by Jalen. Dude, I don't want to get hammered for the show. Sills, would you take a shot for cheerleading Sirianni? I'll tell you what, as we get closer to the game, we'll put some parameters up. We'll put some benchmarks up. If Jalen hits this, if the Eagles win by this, they run for this, okay? I think I can handle three. No more than three. We'll do some shots. I got, by the way, I got a bottle of rocks tequila too. So, yeah, we got a bottle of rocks tequila. Yeah. Dan, take a shot for every passing touchdown Hurts has. Oh, so wait a minute. I got to put my ass on the line for this. Sills, would you put, would you put your ass on the line if Hurts throws for 300 yards? Would you do a shot? Here's my prop bets. Would I, would I bet a shot on Jalen throwing for over or under 300 yards? I would do it. I would do a shot and he's going to be under 300 yards. Sills, would you do a shot he throws for two touchdowns or more? I think he could probably throw for two. Sills, would you do a shot if Mahomes throws for 350 yards or more or under? I'll take the under on that. I think he's going to throw for under 350. All year you hated. Hated what? That you were getting to the Super Bowl? Hated what? Don't get it crossed here, my friend. JB, I don't want your quarterback as my quarterback on my team. Like Dick Saban did it. I'm still going to win. That's all I'm going to do. And by the way, Xander's all mad at me. Going, oh, you're taking a shit on my guy. Nick, Nick didn't want him. Nick didn't want him. So if Nick Saban doesn't want him, is it okay if Big Sills wants a different quarterback too? I've been here all year. You've been hating. <laughs> okay, whatever, dude. No one has had an answer for Reddick all year. That's not true, Charles. I don't think he really played well in the first seven. Okay? JB, okay. You win. Seals, does Gannon keep the pedal down and go after Mahomes? I, that's where I think he should. You know why? If Mahomes was healthy, no. But because Mahomes is injured, I mean, I got to move him around. Okay. Vlad, no comment. Do we let Miles walk and draft 
Robinson from Texas. I think Robinson's probably going to go late in the first round, though. Gannon didn't put Redick in a good position. That could be. You know, no, 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 Travis. What I think he did was, I think he was putting him in, okay, you're right, in bad positions by covering. Yeah, okay. And then just realized after they got those two tackles, they just started rushing the passer. Probably correct. That kid from Texas is good. He is. Flex, I can't lie. This feels like Magic versus Jordan in 91. Magic had MVPs and rings and flashes, and Jordan pulled up in the finals and took it by force. Oh, the Eagles are the force. I think the finesse team is Kansas City. Kansas City's a finesse team. Finesse teams always lose to power teams. Am I wrong when I say, I mean, do, do, you don't see Kansas City as a, as a power team. Then again, they ran for 200 yards on you dudes last year. Dude, they ran for 200 yards on Jonathan Gannon last year. And who was the back last year? I can't even remember. Tone, who was the back that Kansas City had? Patrick Mahomes had no stats in that game. They blew out the Eagles in last year. Who was, who, I mean, the Eagles were never in that ball game last year. Never in it. And they didn't even throw it. Charles Edwards. That that's right. That that kid, what's his name? He's on IR. Hilaire? Dude, that guy's a dude. Right. They they ran the ball right down the Eagles' throats. Then again, that was the problem on the that team a year ago was they got killed on first and second down. They got killed on first and second down. Every single game last year. Yeah, he's an LSU guy. He did. He is an LSU guy. Did you hear Hardman is out for the Super Bowl? Dude, I I I don't see it. I just I I don't see it. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna do some draft stuff, but before we do that, before we go to timeout, may I here? If you had to keep one or the other of these two dudes, okay? Brad Berry or CJ, who do you want? Brad Berry or CJ? Scotty Boy says that I'm an internet bully. <laughs> okay. CJ, CJ, wow. CJ, CJ. Bradbury walk? CJ all day. I think he's a better player too. You guys are right. Bradbury is playing, get great. Hey, Sway, both please. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. That's the shitty thing about the NFL, though, dude. You can't have both anymore. Well, you you can kind of now a little bit because there's some latitude with the Eagles with the quarterback and his salary. Okay, but younger also. He's 26, I believe. Seals, who wins in the prime, Jordan or LeBron? LeBron can play all five positions. Jordan's the greatest competitor. That's like doing this. Dan, who's better, Aaron Rodgers as a talent or Brady? 
Aaron Rodgers can do everything. Brady's better. CJ can make plays picking it off or making big tackles. He is. He's dual. He's a dual guy, man. He's great in coverage. He's great also on the chuck, the way he chucks the receivers. He's really slick with how he keeps his hand on the guy's back and how he turns them. He's got a lot of great technique to him, man. I really do like the way he plays. Hey, hey, um, Tone, CJ's a Bama kid, right? Is he a Bama kid, Gardner Johnson? He's a Bama dude, I think. All right, I want Bradbury. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, I, I want no. He's he, no, 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 no. I'm. I, I've been talking good. Hold on, my back is hurting now. Wait a minute, my back is hurting. Hang on. Okay, hang on, hang hang on. Hey, I have been talking good about this guy all. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm 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 in a little ill right. <laughs> he's a I see he's a gator. I'd personally resign CJ. But if it was you know you know that's why I hate Howie. Howie's a gator. I I I had to tell you eventually. Okay, I'd resign both and Trade Slade. That's probably what I would do too, Flex. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the cornerbacks here. Okay. Seals, do you keep both and let Hardgrave walk? I'm not letting Hardgrave go. Okay. Dude. Seals, are you surprised that the Cowboys are keeping Zeke? Great. It's a complete disaster in Dallas. (laughs) Hey, you know what? If you're an Eagle fan. Let Dallas be la- Dallas. They're not going anywhere. The way they're run, and if you have Dak, can I tell you what I would do with Dak? Tone, I don't know. Watch this. If I were the Cowboys, I'd call up the Packers and go, hey, you want to have a straight-up trade? You can have Dak. We'll take Rodgers for two years. Salaries kind of match. One's 50000000 million, one's 42. When you do that, both guys are going nowhere, both places. When you do that, you should, Kay Robinson, you should love that it's a shit show in, in Dallas. Okay? Hey, 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 when when you do this, if you're Dallas, call up, call up Gutenhust and go like this. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Why don't you take Dak? We'll take Aaron. And if you want, we'll send you a second rounder because he's older. Okay, we'll send you a draft pick. They need picks. And to get Aaron off their head, man. And then plus you have a quality quarterback. And then they could package up Jordan Love and send his ass out somewhere because if they thought he was good enough, they'd have moved on from him. Okay? Skip Bayless wants, then probably it's a shitty deal. (laughs) Derek Carr, would you go like this? If you're the Cowboys, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll send you um I'll send you Dak, give me Derek Carr. Yale Yale goes, it's a lateral move. I know, but 
Maybe new welcome mats for both guys. And then Rodgers gets to go out an even bigger star because he likes to be the Jeopardy guy. He's a cowboy. He goes out a cowboy. Oh, wait a minute. He's with McCarthy. That might not work. That might not work because it's McCarthy. Hey, but wait a minute. Holy shit. Maybe that's why Kellen... Yale. Maybe this is why Kellen Moore got fired. It's because Mike McCarthy is going to be Aaron Rodgers' boss again. Maybe this is why. Maybe this is the beginning to try to do a sales pitch to Rodgers to come to Dallas. And they sent Dak up there. Allen, he's in a walking boot from what I understand, Avante. Okay? Doesn't that make sense? You let Kellen Moore walk. McCarthy's the play caller again. He brings Rodgers down. Chris, I don't know, man. I heard Aaron Rodgers say that he really loved the guy, and I've heard Rodgers say the same thing. Well, I'll tell you what. You think Aaron Rodgers has treated Matt LaFleur good? Talking shit on the receivers, never showing up to practice? Not breaking film down with them? I don't know. Hour two. Let's take a timeout. Draft choices at 10 and 32. Got to get to GT for sales. It's okay to like your style. Unfortunately, for those, for these are the new era, white and black quarterback with crazy running ability to get away from the fast defenses. GT. GT, I'm going to take a timeout. I'm going to address this. and I'm going to tell you something. Maybe you're right because how about this? Is Jalen Hurts a better quarterback for today's salary cap? Hurts and cap. I don't know. It, let me finish it up. I'm going to do the draft, but I'm GT. Hour two coming up. Hit the like button. Be right back. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. 
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much, guys. Um, it's a really great comment, GT, that you made here. We're going to get into the potential draft picks that could be at number 10 and number 32. Get your thoughts in on that. But, hey, um, Tone, can you do me a favor, man? Can you put up GT's $10 um, his $10 super chat. Sills, it's okay to like your style. Unfortunately, for those, for these are the new era white and black quarterbacks with crazy running ability to get away from the fast defenses. Is there something to that? So you're saying what he's saying is, is that Jalen Hurts' style is what's going to be the fashionable thing to build your football team around, more so than building a team around a drop-back quarterback. Okay? Jones can run. Trevor, Justin Herbert, Fields, it's a copycat league. The defenses are fast unless you have elite pass-blocking lines. And the only way you have those lines is if you're not paying your quarterback. Now, here, let me put this at you guys here. Before we get into some of the things, please hit the like button. Guys, let me hear. There's something to what GT's saying here. The reason that Ohio State and USC don't produce quarterbacks. Again, remember something. Caleb Williams is not their guy. He transferred to them. 
USC does not produce quarterbacks. They never have. Why is that? Well, they've always had dominant running attacks. They haven't had, well, back in the day. But you know what the problem with USC since Pete Carroll's been? They've been constantly looking for the drop-back guy at USC, and they've never found him. Same thing with the Dolphins. They've never found the next Dan Marino. Look at what they did in Denver. They never found the next John Elway. They had to go buy one. What Jalen Hurts does is this. Maybe you don't have a great O-line. He can escape and cover some of your problems. When you lose dudes in the O-line or you lose a receiver, he's still going to get positive yards for you. I apologize about the uh, internet again here. We've had some issues today, but it's all good. So what GT is saying is, GT, I don't know so much as it really is helpful to have a quarterback like that when you have to pay a guy. The problem, but, but GT, the problem with doing that, you're relying on a guy to stay healthy. There's not a ton of upside with these guys to stay healthy. You're, 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 you're hoping he stays healthy. Hold on. Dual threat doesn't last. It's not sustainable. That's why teams still build around a drop back concept. Okay. Hertz can make the throws. Yale, he can, but he gets hurt. Hurt a shoulder. Last year was an ankle. Next year, it's going to be something else. It's just not durable enough. That's been my concept on it. See, some of you out here always, always take it like this. Cilio hates Hurts. That's not what I'm saying here. Actually, I never said that. It's just not sustainable. Wasn't this year sustainable? Cost himself the MVP because it wasn't. It's not sustainable. So when you say that, it's a copycat league, GT. For how long? Three years? Four years? Then you're looking for the next running quarterback? There's more of those guys coming out of college than the Joe Burrows of the world and the Mahomeses of the world? Okay. You're probably right. Those quarterbacks are more being developed in college like that? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. But I'm still saying they're not, it, it, it's just not. And, and then when you put that much money of your cap around a dual threat, it's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. Watch this. Mac Jones is going to play longer than Jalen. Mac Jones is going to play longer than Josh Allen. They're just going to play longer. Are they better? No. But he's going to play longer. Jalen's smarter than I get, and I'm not saying he's not. I think he's smarter than, than Lamar. But watch this. Richie goes, Drew Brees got injured in the – dude, you, you don't you don't look at Drew Brees and Jalen Hurts and see the same guy, do you? 
You don't see the same guy, do you? Jalen relies on both his running and throwing. And Breeze's injury, nobody on the planet thought he was coming back. It was a catastrophic shoulder injury. Not even Dr. Andrews thought he was going to come back. It was catastrophic. That's why Saban took Dante Culpepper instead of Breeze. Anybody with a brain would have took Breeze. Breeze was a pro bowler. Not that Culpepper wasn't. But when Culpepper lost his wheels, he was never the same. Breeze came back from the injury. He didn't rely on running. He was a drop-back passer. All these drop-back passers come back. All the dual-threat guys never come back. They never come back. Brady got hurt in the pocket. Came back, won four more Super Bowls. Because he doesn't run. Jalen Hurts is a runner first. Then a thrower. This guy was on pace for 200 carries. Dual threat doesn't last. I have the facts. You don't. No, 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 Tate. No, 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 no. What's your answer? Let Hurts walk? Hell no. Absolutely no. But you got to keep along that style then. Once Hurts is done and finished and that pony's broken down, you get another one. Because I do agree with GT on this point. Okay? They're developing more of that style in college than they are the dropback guy. I agree with that. Kyler Murray, won't see him till next October. Dual threat also doesn't win a Super Bowl, according to two Sills. Okay. I, hey, Sean, do you really want to go down the things that I said that he wouldn't do? Do you want to go there? He'd never throw for 30 touchdowns. He didn't. He didn't go for 4,000 yards. He didn't. He wouldn't last the season. He didn't. Do you, do you really want to start being a scoreboard? Yeah, two and five start, but I still said you'd get to the Super Bowl. You wouldn't have 2,000-yard receivers? It happened. But all the things I said about Hurts did happen. And it, and, it, and it did happen, exactly the way I said it. He was never going to throw for four grand. Why? Because he'd get hurt. And it's exactly what happened. Would I have drafted him in the second round? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not my style. However, can I tell you something, Figueroa, that Jalen has done? He's made me pause now and think about drafting a dual-threat guy in the latter rounds. Here, I'll, I'll make this point to you. I'll make this point to you about something that I've told everyone. If I was a general manager of a team, there wouldn't be a draft that I wouldn't draft a quarterback because you never know when you land on Brady. You never know when you land on Nick Foles. You never know when you land on Kirk Cousins. You never know when you land on somebody who could be a functional guy for you and put up yards for you and win some ball games. You never know. Brock Purdy. I would always draft a quarterback. Now, I'm not going to take a premium pick for that, depending on what my needs are that respected year. But I'm always going to draft a quarterback because you never know when you land on Mr. Relevant. 
You never know when you land on them. Hertz is a unicorn. Isn't that crazy? Nick Saban couldn't see it. Okay, I would always draft a QB. Once again, guys, just make sure you guys understand we're having some internet in and outs today, so thank you for your patience. Um, Look at Stanley. Did he really put Foles in those? Yeah, jackass. He was drafted later, and he won you a Super Bowl. The point was, again, here's a guy that can't hear. If I was an NFL general manager, I would always draft a quarterback in the latter rounds or depending on what my needs were. You never know when you land on Brady. Nobody saw Tom Brady in the sixth round. Not even the Patriots. They missed on him five times. 31 teams missed on him seven times. Cousins was taken in the fourth round. Montana in the third round. You never know. Russell Wilson, third round. Dude, I'm not comparing Foles and Brady. I'm saying you never know when you get a good quarterback that you can functionally win game. Holy shit. Idiotic. I need to stop because some of you just don't follow along very well. Hertz will continue to get better. Yell says Hertz is going to continue to get better, depending on his health. Depending on his health. We need another dual threat quarterback. GT, I'll tell you the guy that I love. I'd like to take a look at Deion Sanders' kid as a backup to Jalen Hertz. That kid at Colorado. Um, if he plays well this coming season, I'd like to take a look and see if that kid could be a factor. Maybe he could be a backup to Hertz. I mean, right? The kid hooker at Tennessee looks pretty good. He does. Okay. Ugh. Hurts will heal. We'll see. Damn, would he actually come out early and leave his dad hanging for a new quarterback? Why not? The objective is not to play for your father. It's to get drafted in the NFL. You'd like to do both. You know, there's got to be a time when the son leaves Dion, and you know, you're, you know, you know who coaches him, right? Tom Brady. The kid Caleb, I mean, he's going to be a top pick. I apologize again about the internet. Sorry, guys, today. USC's last good quarterback was Carson Palmer, okay? That's their only good quarterback. I think Hooker's a good-looking player out of Tennessee. I liked him a lot. I had him on my Heisman list, too. Um. If Jalen Hurts wins the Super Bowl, Anthony Richardson will be the first quarterback off the board. No way. Absolutely no way. 
Stroud and Bryce Harper are going first. Those two quarterbacks are going. Richardson will not. I've seen Richardson play. Um, to me, when I watch him play, he reminds me of an unpolished Lamar Jackson right now. I think there's potential. There's When you watch Richardson at Florida play, you see a little Lamar Jackson. You do. Strong arm, can move. He's a big kid. Um, I, see, I see it too. I see it when I watch him play and I watch when I watch him move. He's a tough kid. Plays in the toughest conference in the country. I like the kid Richardson. I do. Oh, no, I no, no, Murph. I think he goes high. I think he does. He could be floating around the 10th mark and the 10th pick. I think he could be there. Um, Bryce Harper. Did I say that? Excuse me. <laughs> Bryce Young. Um, right. Bryce Young. Seals doesn't hate the Eagles. He just tells you how it literally is. He answers the tough questions. Dave, thank you. That's exactly what we do here. I'm not saying my takes are 100% always right. Okay, but it's my opinion. And 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 and, and can I say something else on that? When you when a person has an opinion, I am one of the very few hosts that does this. Man, I'm so glad I'm wrong. You go back in my entire 35-year broadcasting career. Tone, remember this. Tone's a young broadcaster. I'm happy when I'm wrong. I don't try to drive the point home. Some of you go, it's flip-flop. No, the player play. My opinion on a player changes with the player's production or lack thereof. Isn't that how it's supposed to be a take? When you're talking about a player like Jalen or Wentz, am I supposed to talk about Carson Wentz 2017 in the same light in 2023? How does that make remote sense? In 17, he was an MVP. Today, he's going to be struggling to get a job. So am I supposed to hold to that 17 banner because I made an opinion? My opinions fluctuate on your production, not my take. My take is the observation. Okay? My take is the observation on the player or the coach. That's all. I, I, I never thought that that was always so controversial. Sills, Jalen Hurts is better than he was a year ago. And you see him winning more and you see him getting better. Correct. Yes. Well, you said last year... He sucked. Well, so did everyone else, including the Eagles. They gave Carson Wentz a massive contract. And they made it public. Hertz was never going to take the job. They needed a backup. That's how they positioned it, even to you. Sean Gosills, do you think Stetson Bennett, he's old, but he's a winner. I'm okay with Stetson Bennett on my team for three or four years, but I don't think he fits what the Eagles are doing. I think you need a mobile guy back there because if Jalen gets hurt, 
you don't want to have a Gardner Mitchell scenario where you have Shane Steichen giving him the same game plan. <laughs> That's a great point right there, Sway. Sports is like politics. Everybody has a different opinion on something. And policies change all the time, don't they? Republicans like this, Democrats like this. Open borders, closed borders. It's every four years. That's why our government is always in chaos because there's a difference of opinion every year. That's why nothing gets done in Washington. There's no stability in Washington. Never has been, never will be. That's why when government is the way it is and the seesaws like this, and it's every four years, everyone's got to, we go from one mentality in government to another one in four years overnight. There's no chance of winning. There's no chance of winning. That's why when you have, look at, look at the Steelers. Steelers have a philosophy they've had there since 1969. And it's why they're the winningest program and why they're the gold standard of how you run a football team. Three coaches in, what, 60 years? There's a reason that that happens like that. And Pittsburgh's always good. Even when they're down, Pittsburgh's always good. Why? Tomlin, Cower, and Noel. That's all you need to know about the Steelers. There's no knee-jerk reaction in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will always be a great franchise because of the Roonies. Always. Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback, is special. Trade Slade, draft a kid. He'll be a Philly legend. Marky, I'm going to get to that stuff here in a minute. Tyler goes, hey, Dan, can you please answer my question? Are there any good linebackers in the NFL draft? We'll get to that here. I got a couple. Figaro, listen, I'm over this crap. I'm a diehard Eagle fan, and whoever tells you they were sold on Jalen is full of shit. We were all panicking and we were ready to double up the first round picks. Absolutely true. Figueroa, you see what happens is people like to change the narrative on Hertz and say that they knew, including Nick Saban. Nick Saban's going around doing all the public relations stuff now in Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is in the Super Bowl. That'll be his biggest failure as a coach is the fact that he gave up on him. He gave up on him. Super Bowl MVP could be a, a, a player Nick Saban quit on. But now, hey, I know he's my guy and I love him and he's this and he's that and uh, he's that and he's that. And you're like, dude, it's great after the fact. It's great after the fact. Nick Saban quit on him. You know, these college coaches always remember when I tell you this. And by the way, we're going to get to the draft. Always remember this about these college coaches. Let's look, let's look at Urban Liar for a second here. Okay. Let's let's look let's look at let's look at the lying coaches in college sports. So when that liar, Urban Liar, was at Florida, he had Cam Newton in the building with Tebow. Black quarterback in Florida. I got baby Jesus and Tim Tebow. Who do I want to face of my franchise? Cam Newton or Tim Tebow? 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you think that guy got a tryout to be a tight end last year? He owed it to him. He owed it to him. Not that Tebow was a bad college quarterback. He's one of the greatest. But Cam also won a Heisman. Cam also won a national title. And Meyer fired him for some lame-ass laptop deal. Must have been Hunters. I'm kidding. He threw him out of the building. He had to go to junior college. Fast forward to Ohio State. Him and Ryan Day told Joe Burrow to go to hell. Burrow had to leave. He gets an NFL job. He can't coach Trevor Lawrence. Anybody who says that Urban Meyer knows what he's doing with quarterbacks and Saban are liars. I apologize about the internet. Those guys, those, those guys don't give a shit about your NFL career. They're not there to coach you for Sundays. Those guys are there to coach you for Saturdays. It's all they care about is Saturdays. That's Sundays. That's for you. NFL, if you end up going and playing at the next level, that's great. But they don't give a shit whether you're a pro or not. It's whether or not you can make money for them and the school. Urban Meyer couldn't coach anybody but Alex Smith. All the rest of them bums he had turned out to be NFL duds. <laughs> he knows quarter. And, he, and, and you hear the guys at Fox going, oh, this guy's a great quarterback. He, dude, that guy couldn't find a quarterback if he was standing in front of him. He almost destroyed Cam Newton's career. Tone goes, that's why I don't get mad when players decide to skip out on bowl games. Why? Dude, of course. I don't know you anything. That's why when Bryce Young, I I did love how Saban played Will Anderson and him. Once they got a lead, they yanked him, which was the right thing to do. You don't want to hurt those kids' opportunities. And I give those kids credit because they played in that Sugar Bowl. They wanted to close out their Alabama careers. And I really love that. I do. I really love that. I thought that was an awesome moment. Okay, but at the end of the day, it's a do-nothing game. The only person that gets paid on that game is the coach. You know Nick Saban, how much money he won for winning the um, Sugar Bowl? $500,000. You know what the players get? 
if they have a Neal deal, they're good. But if you're the left guard on that Bama team, you're not making nothing. Coach makes 500 grand. And I'm supposed to stay for him? If I'm a first-rounder, kiss my ass. Sorry, coach. I'm out. That's why all the Miami guys, hey, you know the big thing at Miami used to be? If you played a full four years at Miami, you must not have been very good. That was back in my time. Nobody played four years. <laughs> Nobody, dude, you didn't play four years. <laughs> you didn't play four years. Unless you had some injury, they redshirted you, you weren't good early. That happens. But if you weren't good, you played four years. <laughs> yeah. That's why you see a lot of four-year guys at Miami now coming out. You're like, well, they must. That's how I look at it. I go like this. Well, shit, he played four years at Miami. He must not have been very good. <laughs> Still, not being funny, but asking seriously, why do you dislike Urban Liar so much? Okay, Monroe. Um, Urban Meyer was the biggest liar in the history of college football. He had 37 arrests at Gainesville in his five years as head coach at Florida. Nobody ever held him accountable. He had players on his team like Aaron Hernandez, who everyone knows he was firing weapons off in Gainesville. And no one said anything about it. But all the arrests, do you imagine this? 37 arrests in five years. You add it up on how many guys were arrested monthly to win those two national titles. He goes to Ohio State. And he has on the big wall there, treat women right. He's got an offensive wide receiver coach on his coaching staff that's beating his wife all the time. And the local cops in Columbus know it. And the only reason that that coach is on the staff is because he's related to Earl Bruce. This guy never told the truth. He constantly painted a portrait for all of you to see that was not true. It was like Tiger Woods. I love this version of Tiger 10 times better than I did Tiger when he was winning. Tiger's more real now. He's fallible. He's relatable. He's, he looks like a human being now. Seals doesn't like Gators. That's probably too a little bit of that vet. So what does he do? He's back on Fox. How does a scumbag like that get back on Fox? Who was harboring a guy who beats a woman? How does, how does that happen? He was beating his wife monthly. The cops in Columbus were called. And he's now working. And he knew it. He knew it. How do you think the Patriots got Aaron Hernandez? Why do, why do you always see... Uh, Bill Belichick down with Urban Meyer down in Florida. You know why? He was telling him this kid's a first-round draft choice, but he's got massive character issues. What did he take him in, fourth or fifth round? There's a first-round pick. He's probably the greatest player out of my home state of Connecticut. Urban Meyer. Oh, by the way, a year ago, I don't know. Hope, hey, hey, um, Yale, maybe you were one of them. But I said Urban Meyer will not last a year at Jacksonville. I said that everyone thought I was crazy. And who would have thought Nick Sirianni turned out to be the better coach? And all of you in Philly were probably going, Nick who? And you're watching Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and all that big name shit. 
and you're all going like this. Look at Urban Meyer down in Jacksonville. Look what we got. We got Nick Sirianni, and they got Urban Liar. Gee, why couldn't we have done that? Because you know why? Your owner is a really good understanding of who to hire and who not to hire. Look at the hires that he's had since he's owned the team. Every coach has made the playoffs. Since Andy Reid, every coach has a winning record. That guy knows what he's doing when it comes to hiring head coaches. He does. Jeffrey Laurie is a great owner. He is a great owner, man. Would Hernandez have been better than Gronk? No, but Aaron Hernandez was better than Travis Kelsey. Okay? Herbert Meyer had Trevor Lawrence and couldn't coach him. Then again, that's not a shocker. He couldn't coach Cam. Um, and he couldn't coach Burrow. <laughs> what would make me think he could coach Trevor Lawrence? You know why? Because those coaches think they know what it takes to win. But they don't. NFL level, get this. You don't tell a player what to do in the NFL. You show a player what to do in the NFL. See, in college, you could tell a player what to do. Because if he doesn't, you can get the guy behind him. It doesn't work like that. You have to show a player how to win. And win inside the guardrails that you build. Which means you have to actually coach. There's more coaching in the pros, believe it or not, than in college football. You understand that, right? College football is about recruiting. Jimmy's in the Joes. Pro football, you got to show a guy. Then you have to hopefully find a guy like Jalen that will buy it. Okay? See, when Chip got to uh, Philly, Chip's trying to tell – and when guys like Shady McCoy went, that ain't working. But see, in Buffalo, everyone's like, you're sending Shady McCoy to Buffalo for what now? Because he was unruly? That's, not a, that's a you thing. Coaches should never lose a player because a player's unruly. You need to coach that. Ask Mike Tomlin dealing with A.B. Okay? You got to coach that shit. Remember something. If the owner pays him, you got to coach him. You got to coach him. Can you people stop talking and let Dan... <laughs> okay, Tyler. <laughs> Here we go. Very good. On the Gasano card in the back, I loved him. Oh, thank you very much. Mark just sent me a really cool, really cool jersey. The Chip Kelly era was like the Twilight Zone. You want to hear something? He was still 26 and 21 and went to the playoffs and was 10, was 10 and 6 in his first year. Not bad. You want to hear something too? Even Rich Kotai had a winning record. Philadelphia coaches really haven't sucked. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I don't think Ray Rose had a winning record, though. But Ray was coach of the year and did get to the playoffs. Okay? Yeah, Chip being GM. Who would ever make a college football coach a GM? That's a, that's a mistake by the owner. Okay? Don't let it. I mean, so, like, Jeffrey Lurie must have thought when he hired Chip Kelly, he was hiring Jimmy Johnson. I mean, there's only one of them. I think Pete's done a nice job. 
I think Pete's done a nice job. But Pete was an NFL guy first. He had coached the Jets and Patriots first. Then he went to USC. Then he went back to Seattle in the NFL. Remember that. So you got to remember with Pete, there was a different road than what Jimmy Johnson took. Jimmy had never been an NFL coach, assistant, or head at any time when he got the Cowboy job. Pete had, Pete had been a coach with the Jets and Patriots, then went to Southern Cal, learned how to deal with kids, and then went to Seattle and put a Hall of Fame resume together. Okay? So you got to... Do you have any insight on who got into Jeffrey Lurie's ear about hiring Chip? It's always felt wrong and random to me. I'll tell you what happened. Do you guys know how Chip? <laughs> I bet you not one Philadelphia sports person has ever told the story on how Chip Kelly got to Philadelphia. Would you guys like to hear how we got to Philly? Tone just asked the question. It just seems so random out of nowhere. All of a sudden, Chip Kelly lands in Philly. You guys want to know how we got there? Do you, do you not know the story? Now I know why our show is doing very well in that neck of the woods and with the Eagle folks. Nobody tells you the truth. I don't know how big sales knows so much Eagle stuff, but I love it. Jerry Jones said, we emptied the bucket. I saw that. Really, Jerry? <laughs> tell it, sales? Should I tell it? Okay. This starts with Al Davis. Al Davis was my insider for fifteen years. I've told you the story before. Hired me to be a broadcaster. Wanted me to go to work for him and Ron Wolf uh, and Ken Herrick in the personnel department in Oakland when the team moved back in '96. I was always around the organization, and Al and I would have four or five-hour conversations. I was the first to go on KNBR radio and go like this. Um, Ed DeBartolo is going to have to sell his team for his dealings with the former governor of Louisiana for all of the casinos and the Riverboat casinos that he had worked with, and he was going to lose the team for gambling and that they were going to take the team away. My boss came in and almost fired me for that. Okay, almost fired me. I just want to set the context up here. Okay, Al called me in his office. He goes, hey, if they fire you, don't worry about it. I'll get your job back. And I go, Jesus, dude. Tony Salvador, people at Susquehanna are very upset with me because they get, they're going for the broadcasting rights of the 49ers. And here I am going that um, Ed DeBartolo is going, you see where the giant stadium is right now? Um, the San Francisco Giant Stadium down in China Basin. That was supposed to be where the 49er stadium was to be built. 
Ed DeBartolo had already secured the rights. I'm going to get to Philly in a minute on how this all goes around. And so I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I came out and said, they'll never put it there. Ed lost the team, went to the sister, and they kind of floundered a little bit as they gathered themselves. Well, the Giants came in, parachuted in. I actually broke ground on San Francisco Giants um, AT&T ballpark at the time. I broke ground with Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Juan Marichal. We're all breaking ground. I worked at KMBR, and Peter McGowan and all those guys were my friends. Okay. So in the process, John Gruden's name comes up. He was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. John Gruden was the OC in Philly. Who did he call? Who did Al call? Jeffrey Laurie. Hey, want to bring this 32-year-old? I think John was 32 or 36. Okay, 32 or 36 at the time. I'm sitting in the back room in the mezzanine section at the Raider Complex watching John Gruden draw up. And I hear Al on the phone talking to Jeffrey Laurie about what kind of guy this guy is. Al knew who he was because his father was a area scout for the 49ers. And he ended up moving to the Tampa area. So Al Davis and them were all working. Al loved John Gruden. They were working hand-in-hand with the Eagles and because John was the offensive coordinator then. And Al really appreciated that, you know, Jeffrey Lurie gave him the ability to be able to try to interview for the job. And John ends up landing the job. Okay. He asked me what I thought about John Gruden. I apologize about the internet again. But he asked me, he goes, what do you you make of John? I go, well, about six or seven plays, but a lot of complex alignments. And, you know, I I, I thought John was a little too complicated for people, especially if you're going to have a turnover in the NFL. The problem with Gruden's offense, it's so complicated with the amount of turnover that you have in the NFL, in my opinion. I think you lose a lot of shit every year and you have to re-coach the team every year. And it's, you just don't get the same guys because the salary cap. So I think that's why John has up and down seasons when he was coaching in the NFL. There's too many up and down, right? Because you lose players and it's such, dude, it's something like this. Watch this. Um, updates available. Do you want to start 38, 97 green formation, 78 hack twist with a 38 turn in. And you've got to know all that. And it's really complex. Anyway, to go as we get to the, how Chip Kelly got to uh, Tampa. So I leave KMBR and I go to the Bucks and Tampa. Well, guess what happened in that com- whole thing? You remember recruiting got traded? Al Davis called me and said, and I'm going to use the language, Aunt Betty. Goes like this. That motherfucker stabbed me in the back with Bruce Allen. Remember, they brought Charlie Gardner in. They brought that kid Ricky Dudley in. They brought all the old Raiders. Tim Brown was a Buccaneer. They were doing that just to stick it to Al. Okay? And Jeffrey Lurie loved John Gruden. He loves John Gruden. 
loves him. Okay. Fast forward. John Gruden wins Tampa a Super Bowl. After that Super Bowl, it was never the same because John and Bruce Allen were trying to pull the same shit that they did in Washington where they push Rich McKay out. That's why Rich is now in Atlanta. Rich is now in Atlanta because um, I'm telling you guys things that are so behind the scenes. Okay. Um, Allen pushed him out. And that's how he got the president's job in Atlanta because the league did not want to lose Rich on the competition committee. Rich has been the chairman of the competition committee for what, 25 years? He's been on that. Okay. Well, the Raider relationship ended when John Gruden got fired. I'll never forget this. I get a call from Malcolm Glazer. Then I get a call from Brian Glazer. This is before my relationship with them went sideways because I am, I'm an Allen guy. Always have been. Okay. I know you guys can make an assessment on that. What have you. So get this. Glazer goes like this. We're going to interview and we're going to, you can Google, you can Google this. I think you ready. We're going to hire Chip Kelly as head coach of the Buccaneers. I was like, Chip Kelly. Don't you remember what they did after that? They went with um, the guy at Rutgers because the guy at Rutgers used to come on my show and he was a Miami hurricane coach. I knew him very well. They asked here, this man, I'll tell you what, I'm telling you guys an awful lot of stuff behind the scenes. So Brian Glazer goes, we're going to hire Chip Kelly. And I go, Chip Kelly. Do you understand what Chip is? He's got 85 guy roster and he's got Nike money. He's a decent coach. I go, but really? And they go, we think he's a spectacular coach. I said, you have to understand something. He believes in running 85 plays. And Brian Glazer goes, well, what's wrong with that? I go, you're going to wear your defense out. You don't have enough on the, on the you don't have an 85 man roster. You got a 53 man roster you got to deal with. You're not going to have people by the end of the year because of this guy. Okay. And he goes like, and he goes, well, we, we, we really like the guy. So they interviewed, they'd offer him, Google it. They offered him five years at 25 million, 5 million per. Okay. They offered him 5 million per year. He had the contract in front of him. He was going to sign it and everyone knew it. He backs out. He backs out at the last second. Chip Kelly backs out of the buck deal. He backed out for whatever reason. I don't know why he backed out. I think personally, okay, I think Phil Knight came in and gave him more money to stay at, to stay at Oregon. Because he stays at Oregon another year. Jeffrey Lurie calls up John Gruden, who was in the broadcast booth. And says, hey, 
what do you make of Chip Kelly? He goes, well, he was going to get the buck job. And he's a hot candidate right now. And he was up for three other NFL jobs. And Chip goes like this. The problem that he had was that they still had a lot. There was still a lot of management left from John Gruden's time. And they did not like who a, a Yale. Who's the guy on TV now? That's the general manager that was there. What was his name? He sucked, and I used to kill him on the air all the time. What's that guy's name that was the the general manager there? Wow, I'm, I can't believe I'm, th- this is the story and how Chip got there. What was that guy's name? He goes on like um, he goes on Coward Show all the time. No, not Mike Mayock. This is what was that guy's name? Mark Dominic. Mark Dominic did not want this. And they were going to make Mark Dominic work with him. Chip said, no way. So Jeffrey Lurie goes to Chip Kelly and says, I'll tell you what, I know it wasn't going to work out in Tampa. I know they had the $5 million deal lined up for you. We'll give you complete control of everything. And you could be the general manager too. Because the Bucks didn't want to give him that. That's why he backed out at the end. That was my conjecture because they had Mark Dominic in the room. And Mark Dominic was general manager who took over for Bruce Allen. And he sucked, but he kept an eye on the Glazer money. And do you guys remember what was going on at that time? The Glazers bought Manchester United. So they didn't want a general manager slash head coach making free agent moves when they were in the process of buying Man U, Jeffrey Lurie calls up John Gruden and goes, what do you make of us looking at Chip Kelly? He goes, you're going to have to give him GM job. You're going to have to give him the GM job. He'll never leave that place. He, he was looking for complete power of the organization. And the Bucs didn't want to give it to him. That's why he didn't take the Buck gig. He had five, he had a five-year, $25 million deal on the table. He was going to be, he was the head coach of the Bucks. That's why they named Raheem Morris head coach. Then Raheem failed, and that's when they named Greg Schiano the head coach right after that, because Greg Schiano used to do hits on my show every week. And he was the Rutgers head coach. That's how I met James Gandolfini. Because Gandolfini used to do uh, commercial spots for Rutgers football. I was almost in an episode of The Sopranos. They didn't have it last year that I was supposed to get in there. Tony Saragusa got in there. Okay? They were, this whole thing. Remember this, the Glazers wanted to try to buy the Dodgers. After that whole Fox nightmare. They were in the process of buying the Dodgers, too. Okay? Jeffrey Lurie believed John Gruden and Bruce Allen when Bruce and and John told him, well, Chip Kelly turned down the Bucks job because he didn't get the, uh, the full autonomy. 
That's how your boy got there. The owner of the Eagles really liked Chip. Liked him. So much he gave him complete control. It was the only way we were going to get him. There's your Chip Kelly story. I remember talking to people inside their organization going, this thing's never going to work, you know. Hey, it's 10 and 6. I'm like, this thing's not going to work. In three years, you won't have a defense. I used to tell Brian Glazer that. They got so mad at me. I go, this is not going to work. I go, in three years, what happened to the Eagle defense? They were never healthy. Because this guy's trying to run 85 plays in the NFL. Okay. (laughs) It was never going to work. I was like, Chip Kelly? The, 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 The big play machine. Dude, Chip Kelly has sucked. Well, he's been okay at UCLA. He's kind of, but think about it. USC's been down all these years, and UCLA never took the baton as the top team in in Los Angeles. He never, ever uh, grabbed all those Southern California guys. No, because you know why? Chip's not a good recruiter. Hey, how hard is it to recruit at Oregon? Free shoes and maybe a contract when you leave. I'm not going to Oregon for the coach up there. I don't even know who the coach is, but I'll go to Oregon. Nobody goes anywhere in the Pac-12 any longer. All the Los Angeles kids go to the SEC. Chip was great for Howie's career. He was. He made him a bit. He made him better. Okay, that's pretty much only Jeffrey Lurie's only mistake that he made was that he put too much faith in others' decisions instead of hiring from within. That's why if I'm if I'm him. And I'm Howie. I'm hiring Brian Johnson as my offensive coordinator. I'm not looking for an OC outside the building. Hey, I would take a consultant. I would do some of that shit. But I'm not going to hire anybody outside the building. Why would I do that? To upset what? To upset the NFC championship and potentially a Super Bowl champion? You want me to hire another coordinator? No, thank you. Absolutely no thank you. Okay? No way. Hiring Chip is a perfect is perfect for an organization. He destroys a team. They rebuild and go to the Super Bowl a few years later. Happened in Philly and in San Francisco. Correct. Trent Balky helped destroy that whole thing up there in San Fran. They brought Harbaugh in. Harbaugh restructured everything. You know, Jim Harbaugh's 44 and 19 and 1 as an NFL head coach. I personally think he's a better head coach. Michigan's never winning a national title. In 76 years, they won a half of a title. Who in their right mind thinks Michigan's a national power? I don't. They've never been. When has, when has Michigan been a power? Jim Harbaugh makes $10 million a year at a place where if he wins the Big Ten, that's good enough. Michigan's not a national power. They shared a national championship with Lloyd Carr years ago. It's been 75 years since they won an outright national title. 
Where is this national power? Everyone keeps talking. Well, Fox is going to do that because they're trying to sell it. That it is, but it's not. Every The reason Chip Kelly left Notre Dame, he'll never win there because of the academic requirements. He'll never win it. Marcus Freeman will never win a national championship at Notre Dame. That that never happened. Why did hey, real quick before I take a timeout, Yale and everybody, you guys know why? Why why did why did Lou Holtz win a national title in 88? Do you guys know why? Prop 38. Ricky Waters, Jerome Bettis. They were allowed to take kids who were non-qualifiers, like all the programs in the SEC. Kids under the requirements, they could come in with academic probation. Holtz filled the roster with kids who were academically not qualified at Notre Dame and won national title. He won that 88 national title with Prop 48 guys. And when Notre Dame went, we're not doing Prop 48 or whatever it was, 38 or 48, Notre Dame was never the same. And has never really sniffed one since. Every time they get in a semifinal game, they get destroyed. He took Lou Holtz. And for the record, I'm going to take a time out here. And I promise we're going to get to the draft. Every single program that Lou Holtz coached, every program he left. Yeah, you want to hear a stat? Every program he left, he left on probation. William and Mary, South Carolina, Minnesota, NC State, and Notre Dame. All of them. Every place he's ever coached. He's left on probation. Hour three, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. 
More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. National Football Show, hour number three. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Thank you very much. We'll catch up with our friend uh, Jason Cole in this hour as we do each and every single Friday. Thank you guys again for coming aboard here. Um, I want to ask you a question here real quick before we move on to this draft, and I promise I'm going to get to it here. Um, How many years did Tom Brady – how many years did Tom Brady play in Tampa? How many years did he play in Tampa? Three? Is it three? Think he's done enough to go into the uh, Tampa Bay Hall of Fame? Ring of Honor? Think he's done enough to go into the Ring of Honor? Um, I think he has. He won a Super Bowl. Won an NFC championship. I think he's done enough. I just got asked a question from the um, from the Bucks. Do you think Brady's done enough to go into the Buccaneer Hall of Fame? He's only played three years, and the here's the problem. You know the number he wears. Hang on for a second. Okay. Oh, DQ. Don't mind my big mouth, man. I'm a hero behind the mic. DQ blend. All good, dude. Hey. I say some shit too. Okay, we're all good, brother. We're good? It's all good, man, all right? It's all good. We're good, dude. Don't ever worry about that. You could, Hey, when you come back and you say shit like that, mad respect. Mad respect. Won a Super Bowl, Brady, but here's the problem. Here's my problem with it. Okay? Don't go soft sales. 
see Jesus crying, but he just went, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Juba, this is kind of a joke. You sound like my wife. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you sound like my wife, right? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Here's my problem though with retiring Brady's number 12. It's Black History Month and my boy Doug Williams wore it. Doug Williams, man. Can you retire number 12 with Brady and not Doug Williams? Right? Let me see something. Let me double check on that. Right? Doug got to an NFC title game. He beat you guys in the... Um, I think he beat you guys in the divisional round. Then they lost to the Rams in that monsoon. Is Doug Williams in the Buccaneer Ring of Honor? According to Washington Commanders, Tampa Bay will announce Williams' induction into the Buccaneers Ring of Honor, according to Sports Talk Florida, where he will join the late Leroy Selman, John McKay, Jimmy Giles, Paul Gruber, Warren Sapp. Okay, he's going in. Doug Williams is going, Doug Williams. I don't know if, if he's in. Yeah, he was inducted into the Bucks ring of honor during the Falcon game. You could put two 12s up there, can't you? I would. Doug Williams and Tom Brady. I think those guys would be pretty cool with that, right? Right? I think you'd be all right with that. He is greasy. He's in, he, he went in this year. I'm all right with that, right? That's out my time. But Doug won his Super Bowl in Washington. He did. He won a Super Yeah, but Doug, here. <laughs> okay, look. I'm going to show you guys something. Okay? I'm gonna, man, I'm giving you guys all kinds of inside shit here. Don't forget, Jason Cole. I know I have to get to this, and I'm going to. I got to show you guys one thing. So, me and Doug Williams and um, Leroy Selman used to go to lunch every day. Leroy Selman's. Okay? We used to go to lunch every day. And Jimmy Giles. I don't, you guys probably don't. Hey, did Jimmy Giles play in Philly? Did Jimmy Giles play in Philly? Did Jimmy Giles play in Philly? I could have swore I remember Jimmy maybe a couple years up there with the birds. I don't know. I, I, I thought he played in Philly. It was a shortstop? Okay. 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 So me and me, Jimmy Giles, Doug Williams, 
and my very good friend, Leroy Solomon, will go to lunch every day. Every day. And Doug Williams, we're sitting around having lunch. And that piece of shit racist owner, he would go over house. When his contract came up, Doug's wife, Doug out of nowhere goes like this. And Leroy's sitting there. He goes, yeah. I goes, so why did you leave and go to the USFL? He went, well, my wife died. And Culverhouse offered me less money. I said, didn't you lead the Bucs to the playoffs for the five years you were the starting quarterback? He goes, yeah. And I go, he offered you less money? He goes, yeah. And when I held out, he said this, I cannot pay you more than Leroy Selman. See, back then, Culverhouse used Leroy Selman. And I will never say the words, uncle, you know what, because he's not. He's a great man. He's my friend, and I miss him to this day. But he used to use Leroy Selman against the other players and especially against Doug Williams. I always thought he had a problem with Doug being the face of the franchise because he was black. Remember, Doug was the first real true James Harris the guy in Denver, uh, Pittsburgh had a black John Gilliam, but there weren't a lot of black quarterbacks. And Doug was the face of the Bucks in the South. And I was so offended. I was so offended. I said, he offered you less money? My wife just died. He goes, I had to go. Jimmy Giles goes, true story. Jimmy goes, yep. Those three, those three guys were my man. I had great times with them. My daughter has a picture with Leroy Solomon sitting on the lap, and he got these big three, big three like football players. You know, Jimmy Giles, Leroy Solomon, and Doug Williams. Man, my wife, remember my daughter loved these guys. Tried her first ahi at Leroy Solomon's on the menu. Loved it. Oh, Leroy was so good to me. But Hugh Culverhouse, the re he kicked him out because he didn't want to. He went with $250,000. That's why Doug went to the – and that's why he's in Washington still to this day because of Joe Gibbs. He's in Washington today because of Joe Gibbs. Leroy doesn't look at himself as a buck. He loves his time in Tampa, but because of Hugh Culverhouse in the racist ways, the Hugh Culverhouse is the biggest racist I've ever been around. It, it was really obnoxious. It was blatant, too. It was blatant. Like, <laughs> blatant. Like, you saw it. You heard it. Just, just, it was not cool. I always thought the Bucks sucked, not because of the players they had. I always thought they sucked because of the owner they had. That's why when I see an owner like the guy in Philly, and I see how great of an owner he is, Dude, that must be great to play for somebody like that, that develops you, wants you, likes you, helps you, loves the community, does all that shit. I, I, I had to have worked for the worst owner in sports. Him, him and Donald Sterling, I don't think have anything, have anything that's not connected. They, Joe Gibbs was on the coaching staff in Tampa. Joe Gibbs was that everyone wanted Joe Gibbs to get the buck job. No, 
He wanted a good old boy. Anyway, before Jason Cole gets in here, let's do this finally. We're going to talk to our friend about the NFL and Super Bowl 57. Here's some of the dudes that I got circled around number 10. Okay. Cornerback. Bryant Branch. Bama, cornerback. This kid's really moving up the charts, and he's had some uh, he's had some pro days. Um, he's had some private workouts. Some of the scouts have been down to um to Alabama to watch him work out. I mean, Brian Branch, Bama, cornerback. This is around the 10th pick. These are options. Miles Murphy, edge rusher, Clemson. You know, they really, I, I would like somebody on the other side of Hassan Reddick. Okay. I'd like someone on the other side of Reddick. Is Josh Sweat good enough? Is he going to put another, is everybody going to put a year? I, I don't think you can get enough edge rushers in today's NFL. I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you can get enough. Paris Johnson, Ohio State. This is about the fourth time I've mentioned him now. Offensive tackle. I think he's the, one of the top guys in this draft. Lucas Van Ness, Iowa, edge rusher. This is around the 10th pick. Brian Branch, Georgia corner. Miles Murphy, Clemson, edge. Paris Johnson, Ohio State. Offensive tackle, Lucas Van Ness, Iowa, edge rusher. Here's the other question I'll throw at you. Would you trade the pick? Would you move down? I don't think you move up. Would you move down to create more first-rounders and more equity? Would you, would you trade down? I wouldn't have a problem trading down. Okay? I think there's a lot of great edge rushers and corners in this draft. I think this is a pretty rich cornerback draft. Look at what Kansas City got. Remember you guys hated McDuffie? I told you guys that this kid McDuffie was going to be a starter in the NFL, and he's a starter in the Super Bowl. Remember I told you about the kid from Utah who started at Jacksonville? I'm telling you. Take my word for it. That kid, McDuffie, he's starting in the Super Bowl at corner. You guys were like, nah, he's too small, Washington. I was like, this kid's a good ball player, man. Kansas City got a home run there. Here's around the 32nd pick. Drew Sands, Arkansas, linebacker. I... A linebacker in the first round, 32, I think makes sense, okay? But how he's not a guy that wants to spend anything on linebackers. So I'm like this. And by the way, hey, Jameson, I told you that kid from Utah, remember I picked that kid from Utah, Jordan Davis, and McDuffie. Because there were like three. Everyone hated the picks. 
I'm like, and all three of those guys were starters in the NFL, or except for Jordan Davis, of course. Broderick Jones, Georgia, offensive tackle. This is around the 32 number. Eli Ricks, Bama, cornerback. Cam Smith, South Carolina corner. As you could tell, I'm heavy in the corners here because I think you move off a sleigh. Need a dominating D tackle to give the Eagles help. Like Sue type. Sydney, wait a minute, you drafted him last year. Jordan Davis better be that guy. And you got Hardgrave. Your defensive tackles, your starting DTs in 2023 at the start of the season better be Jordan Davis and Javon Hardgrave. If Jordan Davis is not starting, there's a problem at 13, my friends. Okay, there's a problem. Hardgrave is a really fine ball player. Okay? I like every one of these kids. I just don't think the linebacker at 32 is going to be something Howie's going to make a run at. We got to be honest. I love Jordan Davis, but if he was ready to start, he would be. Linville would be his rotation guy, but he's not starting. So right now we have a problem. Well, I'll say this. And I said this before and people got upset with me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call Jordan Davis a bust but he's underperformed just like he under and, and people, people are like this. Well, Sills, you keep saying he's underperforming. I thought he underperformed at Georgia. How'd he become the 13th pick in the player of the year? Hey, you can make five or six plays that stand out. Jerome Brown used to do that. I all played Jerome Brown his senior year. Who made more spectacular plays, me or him? Who do you think? He did. Jerome had 75 tackles. Not bad. I had 104. I had more sacks. more. Ta- I led the team in tackles for loss. I had more first hits. I had 50 solo. I completely outplayed him. But who made more spectacular plays? He did. Who was a better player? He was. That can happen. Dude, don't, don't ever think, because I said I outplayed Jerome his senior year. I have the numbers to prove it, too. I've posted those before. Jerome was a better player than me. <laughs> okay? He was a better player, but I'm all right. I'm all right with someone going, hey, Sills, Jerome was better than you. Okay. <laughs> okay, but ain't nobody else on that team. And Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland backed me up. They weren't better then than me. That wouldn't happen. I was teaching them. Okay, I was teaching. I taught those guys what they know. That's why I got an invitation to Cortez Kennedy's Hall of Fame induction. I posted that before. Okay, I taught that kid. Those guys used to come to me all the time. Like Russell Maryland used to come to me and go, Sills, I'm falling down all the time. I'm like, that's all right. You're not under your pads yet. He got one recruiting offer. Russell Maryland had one recruiting offer. Do you know where? University of Toledo. 
they brought his ass in. Butch goes like this to me. And Jimmy Johnson and Dave wants that. They all went, man, I don't know. This kid's good enough. Me and Jerome looked at them and went, no, 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 no. This kid's going to be good. He's got really good feet. Just give him time. He'll learn how to play with his under his pads. And then he started coming to me, and he started coming to Jerome when we were spending time with him after practice. Hey, I'm not going to help you. And I was never going to help you. Cortez and all them guys started coming. And you know what they did? They started putting a game film together. And Ed Ogeron said it, and I posted that too. That they used to watch game film of me and Jerome. All the defensive tackles from Vince Wolfert to Warren Sapp, all those guys used to watch me and Jerome play and play the position at Miami. I've played it. I've played it on my Twitter page. Ed Ogeron was the D-line coach after Butch left. And I used to just watch film of me and Jerome all the way down to Vince Wolfork. They has to have a reel of us, how we played a position with tenacity, being an asshole, all that. <laughs> it's a fact. And they got away from that. And that's why they never had a DT since Vince Wolfork. I can't think the last time they've had a defensive tackle get drafted in the top three rounds. Can you imagine that? I mean, I was a third, I was a third rounder. Today I'd be a second rounder. I came out early though, a year early. Jerome went nine. I went 56 as a junior. Danny goes, I think Davis is immature. I, I think Davis doesn't live up to his potential. 86, Timothy, was Jerome's senior year, my uh, junior year. Oh, yeah, very Casey, you know, my seals, you know. I should po – hey, I'll tell you what. If you guys want to hear that video, just let me know, and I'll post it again on the um, on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. Shit, maybe I, I, I have that somewhere. I know I have that somewhere. He came on. He did a show, and he goes, Dan, man, because I was asking him about the Alabama game. The year they won the national title with Joe Burrow, and I said, I don't think they could beat Jerome and me. Watch this. I said this to Coach O. I go, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Bama team or I don't think your LSU team could beat Jerome and I. And he goes, I don't think we can either. He goes, I'll take Jerome Brown and Dan Silly over anybody in the country. You two guys were the greatest defensive tackle tandem I've ever seen. We were. That guy was better, though. <laughs> that dude, that guy, Jerome Brown, was a freak show, man. You were so lucky that he loved Philly. I'm so happy. Dude, when I went back for my first um, Army-Navy game, and I looked up and I saw Jerome's 99 sitting there, and I went, holy shit, they retired his number. That's right. And one of the cops in Philly goes, there's your boy. And I go, I can't believe it. That's so great. I'm sitting there looking up at it. I took a picture and I sent it back to his dad. And I go, look at this. I'm sitting here looking at Jerome's number 99 up there. I was like, oh, every time I go to the link, I see that. It, it, it's great. Oh, it was great. Okay. Danny, dude. <laughs> He didn't die. We would have won a Super Bowl. I don't think, you know, I, I still hold to this day. If Jerome Brown doesn't die, I don't know if Reggie leaves. I don't know if he leaves Philly. 
I think when Jerome Brown, the whole thing, you know, when Buddy got fired and, you know, Brayman was such a and, – and I love Norman Brayman. Norman was so good to all the Miami Hurricane guys down in South Florida, but he was never a real good owner in Philly. We knew it. Dude, the year before, Norman Brayman's taken me and Jerome out to lunch – and he's already going, I'm drafting Jerome in the first round. I don't care what we have to do. I'm taking Jerome in the first round. Everyone at the Miami Hurricanes knew Jerome was going to be an eagle. There was no way around it. I posted a picture of me and Buddy Ryan and um, Jerome in 86. He used to come down and take me and Jerome to lunch. The one guy goes like this to me. He goes, Sills, I'm sorry for not calling you for calling you an outsider, I'm like, how can I be an outsider when I went to lunch with Buddy Ryan three times a year? <laughs> how, how, how could I be an outsider when I'm going to lunch with Buddy Ryan three times a year? Oh, Yeah, you know what, Quan? I don't tell these stories to everybody. I don't. Because it, it, it could come off as bragging. To me, it's fortunate. I'm lucky to have been around so many great people in my life. From my family. Here, here. Hey, here's the here, here, here's a Jerome story for you. So Vinny Testaverde is going to win the Heisman. And it's down at the athletic club. Jerome Brown, Lonzo Highsmith, Daryl Fullington, Selwyn Brown. 1130 at night. Hey, I opened the door. I go, what are you doing here? I went like this. What are you doing here? This is an Italian neighborhood. Four black guys here. And they go like this. He starts laughing, comes in. We had one of the greatest nights of all time. My grandpa sat around. We ate meatballs and drank beers for hours. It was, my grandfather goes like this, man, I really, man, he loved Jerome. <laughs> mm. One of the greatest times of my life when we did that. My grandfather and him drinking. What was it? You guys remember that Ballantine beer? There's a thing called Ballantine. Is it true you used to bench 450? Jameson, you mean 550. With that being said, let's bring in my Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole. We're just now here, and Jason, here we are, Super Bowl 57. Right team's in the game? Yeah. Right teams are in the game. I mean, look, Philly was the most consistent team in the league from start to finish. Kansas City, um, surprisingly, I thought – I didn't think they were going to be as consistent, and they were. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the right teams. Now, yeah, Buffalo was really good at, at one point uh, during the season. I kind of peaked early, I thought. Uh, Cincinnati peaked late but didn't have quite enough, uh, especially when their offensive line had some injuries. So, yeah. I'm good with these two teams. Uh, San Francisco, I really liked. But, you know, you can't go through four quarterbacks and expect to, you know, to get to a Super Bowl. You know, they just push the odds way too hard. 
Real quick on San Francisco, what do they do, Jace? I mean, Purdy's not going to be ready for six months. Trey Lance um, still yet is an experiment there. Then they're going to move off of Garoppolo. What do they do there? I mean, do they just go into camp with a battle between Trey Lance and when Purdy gets there? I mean, this is this is seven years now that Kyle Shanahan has had issues at the quarterback position. I mean, you know, he's had yeah. a couple of years where Garoppolo made it through, but I mean, it hasn't had any stability there. Well, it's stability because of injury, not because he right, not not because he's you know picked the wrong guy every time. Um, you know, you could argue that Trey Lance wasn't good enough, um, but we haven't seen enough to really come to a, a full conclusion. But Purdy is a better player. So I think they go in hoping that Purdy heals and that the surgery does what it's supposed to do and that it does only take six months and that he will be fully ready. The doctors have told uh, have told the 49ers, and this is what Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday, is that they were told that he will be full strength, full go in six months. Not just healed and ready to start, start going, but full strength, full go because of the way that they're doing this surgery. You know, we'll see this this brace thing that they're doing, um, whatever they call it for, for UCL injuries. I'm a little new to, um, but you know, football players don't have quite the same, don't go quite through quite the same rehab with the UCL, UCL injury compared to pitchers in baseball. It's slightly different. There's still some, some fine motor skill stuff you do with your hands, but not, not like trying to snap off a curveball or a slider. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, will this be a result because of the quarterback or will this be a result because Howie Roseman's built one of the best rosters that we've seen go into a Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's more – the roster is just – I mean, they're, they're loaded. You know, they're, and that's not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't a really good player. But it's different than what you see when Kansas City plays. Kansas City revolves around the decision-making of Patrick Mahomes. Um Philly can win other ways. Like against San Francisco, they Jalen Hurts for the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of that game wasn't very good. No, I didn't think he played well at all, actually. Yeah, I mean, and they contained him. Like they did a nice, a nice job with that sort of, you know, I, I don't know what you call it, sugar rush. You know, like basically, you know, it, it, an elaborate form of two-gap defense, right, where they're, they're holding their lanes, coming up the field, and forcing him to read and forcing him to go through progressions and not giving him easy places to go to run the ball and use his legs, right? So they did a really good disciplined job on it. They blitzed him a couple of times and, you know, and got close. Now the first blitz, you know, they missed and that cost him a first down, Yeah, but they were, you know, like literally a quarter second from, from decking him on that blitz. So I thought it was a pretty good decision. He just beat it. And then the, you know, the other time they got to him and then he made, you know, the throw to Devontae Smith is a good throw. It's not a complete pass, but it's a good throw. And so that was the, the one really good throw during that game that I saw Jalen, Jalen make. Other than that, look, you're playing against a team that couldn't score that made, you know, Josh Johnson's fumble basically iced the game. It was a non-competitive game. Is Nick Sirianni overrated? I thought that he's done a really good job with Jalen Hurts, getting that guy disciplined and ready to, to run his offense. I mean, they're really good at running their offense. Um, that's not to say that it can't be stopped. 
but I thought he's done a really good job coaching that team and that they play hard every week. You can't like you can't play to that level in the NFL every week without everybody being really good, including your coaching staff. You know, he's pushed the right buttons, got those guys trained. Is he the greatest coach in the world? I don't know. I mean, the system they run is not terribly complex. It's a really good system that is run at a very high kind of elegant level. But that's not a that's not a Bill Walsh offense or a, or even a Joe Gibbs offense. If that's you know, if that's what we're talking about. The ownership. Jeffrey Lurie, do you know, Jason, since he has the team in 95, every coach that he has had in the building has taken a team to the playoffs, and every coach since Andy Reid has had a winning record. I think that speaks highly to that guy and what he's done as the owner in the NFC East. I mean, the Tiffany division of the NFL, for the last 25 years, he's been the best owner in that division. Oh, boy. But Jerry would be pissed about that. Um, <laughs> but, but hey, his it's teams true. have outplayed him. Uh, absolutely, he's got he's got the rings to show it, um, which would really piss Jerry off. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, look, you know, I mean, look, he's the best owner in the division. I would say he's only really competing with one other guy, and that's you know the combination of Mara and Tish, right? Like Washington. They ain't exactly getting it done. And Jerry's trying, but he can't get about get out of his own way. Let's but do I mean, this. Let me, let me, I, don't, I don't mean to be back. I, I should take that back. I don't mean to be back in it. I think Jeff Lurie has put a lot of time and effort into thinking through the things that he does and how he runs his team and moves on from mistakes when he realizes they are mistakes. You know, like Chip Kelly was a mistake. And he moved on from Chip Kelly pretty quickly. And he realized it. He's learned he for a guy who is not a a real deep under you know doesn't have a really deep understanding of how football works. He understands on a high level how it works and what the right decisions are to make. Two last questions for you, um, Dak Prescott to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Would the two teams ever think about it? Are you going to do that to McCarthy again? Well, are <laughs> I mean, you going to go anywhere with Dak? No, you're not. Um, and is Green Bay wanting to move off? And I mean, I, let's just say this. In the NFC, what's interesting in the NFC is because the quarterback play is so poor right now. It is. Um, and it's not what it is in the NFC. You can get away with what, what you're doing right now. But I do understand what you're saying. Like, are you there to really win? You know, you're doing what you can. Yeah, I mean, if I was Jerry, I would do that. But boy, Aaron Rodgers playing for the Cowboys, there's something that, that kind, of, kind of makes me ill, doesn't it? But doesn't that make sense? Two lunatics. Well, any anybody, look, any Aaron Rodgers playing for anybody makes sense. I mean, he's just a great player. So you, you do that. But, you know, my biggest problem with him, if I'm Green Bay, the biggest problem I have with Rodgers right now is I think he's undermining the head coach. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I think hey. he's a great, great player. I'd love to have him, but he's undermining the head coach. All right. Finally here. Boy, Denver's pushed everything in. Look at the amount of first-round draft choices that you have pushed in for Russell Wilson and now Sean Payton. I mean, Jason, if this doesn't work, 
you're not relevant for the next five years. I mean, um, this is yeah. all in or not. Look at they don't have a first rounder for the next three and a half years. Um, yeah, that's that is the case. Um, so is yeah. it worth it? If they win a Super Bowl, yes. No, um, no, 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 no. Do you think it's worth it on February third? Oh, um, that's a different question. Um, look, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Sean Payton. I think he's a great coach, and if anybody is going to be the first guy to win Super Bowls with two different teams. Um, he's a good chance of anybody to do it, right? Um, but I don't know what Russell Wilson is at this point. Now, if anybody's going to fix Russell Wilson, it's going to be him because that's the one guy that Russell will probably listen to and the one guy who at this point in time, considering how Russell went out on a limb to go get him, has to look and say, Russell, you're going to do what I say. And that's how this is going to work. And that's how it is. Um, that's, that, that's a tough one because Russell's, Russell's got to get himself where he can run some basic RPO stuff and get out of the pocket again and buy into doing that. And he doesn't want to do that. Jason, I want to sneak this last one in because of your book. I just thought of this. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny with, with Brady's retirement? I was trying to think of a moment, the drive – the catch um, guys like that, that had signature moments. And it's funny. I could never really think of a Tom Brady moment, the tuck rule game. I mean, That's this not really guy has not ever really had a moment. So if you had to pick a game to win a Super Slam Bowl, it? would you take Brady Montana or Elway? If you had to win one ball game, would you take yeah, of those three yeah, guys? But I, I, like, it's a really terrible question to ask me because my heart says Elway because that's what I grew See, up. See, my with. heart and says I want, Montana. I understand that, and that's but you know, like I, you know, I went to school with the guy. I wrote a book about him. I, you know, I think he's an amazing player. You know, like and and if oh, that's had, right, and you're Stanford honks. Right, exactly. You know, the greatest you know university in the world produced. Yeah produced the you know the greatest single talent ever to play quarterback in this league you stepped into that you walked right listen into if, that. if you, you walked if you, right any school into has ever had a president of the united states at it big sills ain't ever getting in that one <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much yeah you got that one <laughs> here we, you've had here more we pra- go. i mean come on man I go to I, I go to Miami. I don't go to I, I, you guys build bombs and like chemistry sets. Okay, we build football teams and you know we try to win national titles. You know you guys you guys win debate classes and be, debate teams and shit like that and congressmen and senators, Condoleezza Rice and stuff. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know we, that's, we, we, that's we, really we, aristocratic. We invent the internet. We invent we invented the. I gotta go. We did. <laughs> Stanford Research Institute. We invented the internet. <laughs> That's exactly Jace, love right. you, man. See you next Later, week. Dude. Be good. You got it, my friend Jason Cole. Hit the like button. We'll catch it here. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Football show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Thank you so much. So CBS wanted to have an intervention with Tony uh, Tony Romo. Um, according to a media guy in New York, CBS is denying it. I think he has gotten worse. I like Tony Romo at the beginning, but now I don't. And by the way, there's too much cowboy on the air. It's too much cowboy on the air. Aikman, Romo, Michael Irvin. So you have the NFL Network and you have Jason Garrett on the NBC broadcast. It's just too much cowboy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 
Tony Tony Romo's just like like Tony just said. He's just rambling about and 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 then get this. Can I tell you why I think he's gotten worse? I don't think he's doing his homework. I think they gave him that gigantic salary. And I, I'm like this. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I don't, I don't, I'm like, man, what's he making like 30, 20 million dollars or something a year? And I'm like, that guy's not very good. He's not very good. There's just too much cowboy stuff, though. The networks are littered with it. I mean, look at Fox, right? You got Coach Johnson on the desk. You've got um, you got Coach Johnson on the desk. Daryl Johnson's in the two-hole for the broadcast team. Um, on CBS, you have Romo. Um, on Sunday Night Football, you have Jason Garrett, the NFL Network. You have Michael Irvin. Man, you want to know why the Cowboys? I mean, I get the Cowboys are a popular team. But every time you have broadcasters like that, I mean, Michael Irvin, when you're in the NFL Network, he's a complete homer. Dude, when Merrill, Merrill Reese comes on our show, Merrill's less of a homer than what Michael Irvin is when he's talking about being on the NFL Network. And Nance plays right into it. I think Nance has gotten worse, too. Nance's best stuff, in my opinion, is basketball and golf. I think Jim Nance, that's his best stuff. To me, I think CBS needs a different play-by-play guy, too, because I don't think he's very good. Okay? I, I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, he's great on college hoop doing a national title game. And he's always been good. You know, when he worked with Billy Packer back in the day and when he does the Masters and he works on CBS Golf. But calling NFL games? No way, man. I just, I just never, I mean, I never thought Nance was that hot at it. Um, let me think. Um, what's the guy's name on Fox? The new guy who's taking over for uh, Joe Buck. Um, he, he's, he's okay. That, that Fox crew. And, and listen, Greg Olson, he's a Miami Hurricane. I like him. I think he does a pretty solid job. I don't think it's great. Okay, but I think he does a solid job. I think he's exciting. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe Greg Olson is okay. Tone says he likes him too. You know, he's 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 probably okay. I'm probably being too picky. Okay, no comment, GQ. <laughs> uh, let me think. Joe Buck, Buck and Aikman are the best. I think Buck and Aikman are the best. Joe Buck's a baseball guy, though. But, I mean, I think Joe Buck and Aikman are the best. The, Sun, the Thursday night crew sucks with Michaels in Herb Street. I hate it. Um, I, I turn it down. I don't even watch it. But I got Buck and Aikman probably because they're the best. I don't really think there's very good broadcast crews. I really don't. There's no Summerall in Madden. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't see it. We'll see what Brady does. We'll see what Brady does because Brady's going to take over on the Fox side. I think Brady's going to need a different play-by-play guy. Besides the money, do you have insight why Buck and Aikman left Fox? That was the only reason. Well, Troy, 
what 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 Troy wanted was Romo money. And Fox wasn't going to give it to him. ESPN gave it to him. ESPN bought him and bought his freedom from Fox. Fox wasn't going to do it. They weren't going to pay him the money. Or they weren't going to, they were, it was not going to be a dual package between, I mean, Joe Buck came after because then he realized that they were going to put Greg Olson in with him. And Joe didn't want to start over. So he took he took more money to go to ESPN, but Aikman's making the money. Okay? I do like Clarissa, man. She's smoking hot. Do you think Al Michael sucks? I do. I hate dude. I hate him right now. Broadcasting games. Because it's more about him. He seems bored. He seems done. He's just doing it for a paycheck. He's he's basically mailing it in. I think Al Michaels is mailing it in. I mean, he hates his job. He mean, how about this? When he broadcasts a game, it sounds like he hates his job. Just sounds like he hates his job. I mean, you're making that kind of money. <laughs> Philly 500, man. I love you, bro. Yo, big sills. It's gabagool time. Hurts about to rip the Chiefs a new one. Philly. Yes, sir. Well, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The Eagles are about to rip. 500, I said this. What, hang, hang on here. Here you go. Philly. If Hurts throws for 250 yards and runs for 100 yards, and they hold Mahomes to 325 yards passing. Eagles blow him out 31-17. And Hurts is the MVP if he puts that stat line up. You agree or disagree? Seals, you going to go to the parade? I might have to make a I'm, I, I might I might have to make an appearance. I might I might have to get out of the Dan Cave for that. Some are all in Madden. We're the second best all time to um, to the Monday Night Crew, right? Right, Philly. Two fifty passing, one hundred yards. Philly, check this out. We did this earlier too. I wrote down the top ten players in the Super Bowl. Okay, and I don't have Hurts on here. I got Goddard at 10. Bradbury at nine. I could, if you felt compelled to put Hertz there at nine over Bradbury, I'm all right with that. I got CJ at eight. Hassan Reddick at seven. AJ Brown at six. Jason Kelsey at five. Chris Jones at four. Lane Johnson at three. Travis Kelsey at two. Can can you believe this? Two of the top five players in the Super Bowl have one mother. And I got Mahomes one. 
Two Kelseys are in the top five. Two Kelseys are in the top five. I'd have Hurts on that list. I would have Reddick higher, though. <clears throat> so you'd have him over A.J. Brown? Over Kelsey? <clears throat> over Chris Jones? Over Lane? Over Travis Kelsey? Over Mahomes? Who would you put him over? Where, where would you put Reddick? There's a lot of, but here, here's the point. Philly, here's the point. Watch this. You'd have him over Chris Jones. Wow. That means you'd have him over Jason Kelsey. But here's the point. Watch this. Of the 10 guys, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top 10 players are Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs only have three dudes. Okay, they only have three dudes that you would put on a top 10 list. No opposing D lineman will top five versus the Eagle line. Well, Chris Jones is pretty good. What up, William? Appreciate you coming in there, man. Thank you so much. Dude, I don't see the advantage. The only reason, and I agree with Tone, dude, the only reason that I think that that game is kind of close is because of the coach and because the quarterback can kind of keep it in there. Sills, Devontae Smith had three touchdowns, 215 yards in the championship game against Ohio State. Okay. Yes, so that's exactly right. More of us, but Mahomes is really good. I'm a Mahomes fan usually. He, hey, and I would bring pressure on Mahomes. I would bring pressure. Philly, for me, if I'm Gannon, I got to test out that ankle. If he can't move, if he can't move, in my opinion, that game's over. Because if he can't use his wheels to get out of way and to create passing lanes, I think that thing's over. Travis Kelsey has got to get open. If he can't get open, man, that Eagle team could blow that team out. I'm telling you, I, I'm hey, I'm not being a bandwagon guy here. I'm just saying, you show me. If you think that, that I'm wrong here, they have every single matchup that they need in this. Philly. Thank you, brother, for coming aboard here at the last of the show. I appreciate it. God bless all of you guys. We had a fun week this week, man. I'll tell you that, man. Super Bowl week next week. How crazy is that? The Eagles are going for their second title in five years. I have this weird gut feeling Devontae Smith wins the Super Bowl MVP. I agree. Test the ankle early. Love my boy Philly, man. Dude, God bless you, man. Thank you so much for helping us all all the time like you do, man. You have such a great show yourself. We're all in this together. Super Bowl week next week. Philly, God bless you, brother. God bless everybody. Tone, thank you so much. Xander, thank you very much. Big Joe. Till next week, Super Bowl 57 week. We'll catch you Monday going three to six. And you keep it here on the flip side.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.